Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Well, all the features are completely free. Those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their websites, we give ours away. So enjoy that on us. Again, freetalklive.com. To start things out tonight, we're going to continue what we started last night, which was a list of four different things that one can do to get oneself out of one's comfort zones. Uh, we all have them. They're the ruts that we get into, uh, the the habits that we create for ourselves, and they are very, very comfy uh, because we're used to them, and they're familiar, and familiar is comfortable because we know what to expect. And familiar and comfortable also can be kind of dangerous. Uh, I mean, I know that when you are getting up in the ages, when you're getting up in your years as an, as an elderly person, uh, those people who are doing new things and who are exposing themselves to, uh, to new stimuli are probably, from what I understand, less likely to have, uh, you know, sort of mental problems uh, on late into life because yep. you're... Their little brains work better if you, uh, if you, you know, keep doing different things. If you expose yourself to new and different stuff, you take challenge, you know, take on uh, risks and challenges. I'm not saying doing r- stupid things. I'm <laughs> just saying that you need to change things up for yourself. Right. It could be as simple as uh, taking a different direction. If you are, if, for instance, if you walk on a daily basis. It would be going a different direction instead of doing the same path all uh, every single time. Or if you go to work one direction, it would be taking a different route one day to you know fire those new synapses. That's a very basic uh, example of, of getting out of a comfort zone. And there are much more powerful ones that we've been talking about here. And if you could, Mark, let's recap the first two, not in depth, but just recap where we've come from. And then we'll continue. And where is this coming from also, to give credit where credit's due? Wikihow.com. Okay. Step out of your comfort zone. Um, make a fool of yourself. One of the biggest things that holds many of us back is our fear of what people think. And face your fears. There are big fears such as heights, spiders, tight spaces, and germs out there. But there's also hundreds of subtle fears that we bow to every day. Fears that can be crippling to what we want uh, out of life. If we allow our fear to get to us, we may not decide to do something that could otherwise be very, very, uh, you know, kind of a growing experience. Yep. If you never eat something new, you'll never know if you've uh, if, 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 if you like, like the way it tastes. Yeah. All right. So uh, number three on the four things you can do to step out of your comfort zone. Yep. Um, number three, become comfortable with taking risks. Your comfort zone is oh, yeah. comfortable because it's where you know what to expect. Going out on a limb can be scary because you might fail. You might lose something. You might also gain something. In order to become comfortable with that uncertainty, you'll need to practice the following. Non-attachment. When you decide to do something, do it for its own sake, not so that you can get a particular result. If you gamble, gamble with money you've already that you're, that you're ready and willing to lose. Gamble for the fun and exhilaration of gambling. If you win, that's icing on the cake. Bonus, yeah. Yep. But if you lose, no big deal. In other words, let go of your attachment to a certain outcome. Instead, focus on the joy of doing whatever it is that you're doing. You you have to uh, to accept the possibility and be prepared for it. And completely are, embrace it. Yep. I, I, I'm thinking about this. I, I had an ex-girlfriend who I uh, took out to play racquetball. I enjoy playing racquetball. It's 
you know, fun for me. Mm-hmm. And she had never played before, so we went to play racquetball, and uh, she was kind of excited about going and playing and all that. But after the first game, she was doing poorly, and she decided she didn't, didn't want to play racquetball anymore and didn't want to uh, play racquetball ever again. I mean, how is she going to be good? It's not like I was whooping her or anything like that. Yeah. It's just it it takes a while to get good at hitting a, the little zippy ball. ball with yeah. the uh, with the, the short little racket. So you know, it's just if you're attached to an expectation, the idea that you're gonna take your uh, boyfriend in there and whoop him in racquetball the first time you've played, <laughs> like maybe you maybe you'll be disappointed. Yeah. Is there more to that? Because yeah. I want to expound on it. Uh, the, the risk thing. So. I was just thinking about this today when another one of the activists has been arrested uh, as of today. Mm. In fact, he was arrested a few days ago, and now he's been arrested again. His name's Kurt Hoffman, and he's currently, I think, in a Nashua, New Hampshire jail cell. How'd he get out down there? uh, I don't know what he was doing down there, but he was on the road today, and he had Yadra with him uh, as they were together also. I think it was, was it this past Sunday or was it a week ago? Seems like it's been a long time. But anyway, it was just recently that they that he was arrested for this, uh, for driving. Uh, well, he was pulled over first. I think it was Sunday for rolling through a stop sign, and then arrested for not handing over license and registration. Today he was pulled over for allegedly having his dog in his lap, and also arrested for not handing over license and registration. And there were pork 411 phone calls made. So most of this, most of the arrest is documented. You can hear it go down. Uh, and I, and I think it's porcupine411.com is how you can get on that list and, and get those messages. But I was just uh, – just to tie it into this, I'm thinking, well, you know, Kurt's taking a risk here uh, yeah. by by not cooperating when it comes to handing over the license and registration, which is something that kind of everybody does take for granted. Well, you get pulled over by the cops. That's what you do. And I, I think Kurt understands very well what the consequences of that particular non-action are going to be. And he's accepted it. That's why he's done it twice in a row. I mean, he's he's obviously embraced this. Not that he wants to be arrested. Nobody wants to go to jail. Nobody wants to. Uh, most people don't uh, want want to be arrested. But just as an example of somebody who's taking a risk for the reason that I and I don't want to speak for Kurt, but I'll do my best because uh, he's not here right now, but uh, but he's taking that risk with the idea of understanding what's going to happen and. He's doing it for his reasons, not because he expects that they're going to leave him alone. He's doing it because it's the right thing for him to do. He feels like he's had enough of all of these mandates and this uh, minutia, the the kind of the uh, the micromanaging of our lives, and he's decided to make a stand on this issue, the the issue of the freedom to travel from point A to point B without having to show his papers to some officious bureaucrat. In a costume with a gun on his hip. And so he's doing it for his reasons, not because he expects to be successful at it, I don't think. I suspect uh, that, that would be, it would be foolish to think you were going to be successful in this particular issue. And it's a big, that's, and it's a pretty big risk. It is. I, I think that he would be likely to get better reward for the risk that he's taking if he were to uh, decide that he's going to go film in the uh, the Keene, New Hampshire, uh, you know, court lobby. Mm-hmm. Um, just go in there if you if you want to get arrested, <laughs> go They'll go get arrested you. for that. Um, because I think that there, there's a hill that to me seems worth dying on. However, yep. the driver's license hill and uh, doesn't seem to me to be one worth dying on. Well, you know, everybody's got their issue, Mark, and I fully I support Kurt on this. I think he is very courageous. I wish him luck. 
Yeah, they're going to go after him bad now, I think, because when what originally happened was he was arrested, as I said before, um, for rolling through the stop sign and not giving the registration and license. When he went to court, well, he was forced to go to court because it was the next day. They held him in jail and brought him into court at 8.30 in the morning. When they, And yeah, that was last week, now that I think of it. So anyway, when that happened, um, they let him out after he signed a piece of paper – and the piece of paper probably said something like what the judge said to him, and that is that you're not allowed to break any local, state, or federal laws while you're out. And so now he's broken another one. Mm. So there's a very good chance they're going to go after him pretty hardcore. I don't know what to expect exactly, but we will certainly pay attention and bring you the information as we learn it here on Free Talk Live. The cops were not so nice today. They were they were pretty nice when they uh, first arrested him in Roxbury, New Hampshire, but in Nashua... Uh, the scene sounded pretty nasty with the cop going for his mace, and uh, I don't think he actually used the mace, but he did draw it and get very ornery. So, well, um, having heard uh, one of the uh, Pork 411 calls, I, I don't think he's the only ornery one on the scene. Actually, you know what? I just noticed that Yadra is on the line. Yadra in New Hampshire, you're on Hampshire. Free Talk Live. Hello, Yadra. You can't listen on your uh, internet stream. You have to listen on your phone. We're going to put him back on hold, and uh, that's one of those talk radio basics, folks. Whenever you're on hold on a talk radio show, don't ever listen to your radio, because that could be seven or eight seconds behind. And don't listen to the internet stream, because that could be 30 seconds behind. So you'll never know you're actually on the air until it's too late. We'll try Yadra again here in a moment, and we'll get to the fourth and final thing that one can do to step out of one's comfort zones here in moments 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It is Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give away the features on the site, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features, by the way, including updates. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And for some great video news packages... And package is what they call them in the news business where people put together a video. Anyway, thinktwicenews.com is where you want to go. Guns, protests, smoking bans, biker rallies, comic conventions, pork fest, homeschooling, mortgages, pirates, hot chicks talking about liberty, and, of course, there's the puppet from outer space. Thinktwicenews.com. Go there. Subscribe today. Thinktwicenews.com, which is, by the way, brought to you by... SACL CAI. Jason Osborne is the producer, one of the producers behind ThinkTwiceNews.com, and our very own John Shaw from the Free Talk Live BBS, the, the moderator, is the man behind the camera. So ThinkTwiceNews.com. Subscribe today. Let's go to Yadra, hopefully listening on his phone at this point. Yadra in New Hampshire, are you there? Greetings. Hey, there you are. All right. Yes. So Kurt was arrested today. Kurt uh, Hoffman arrested again for not obeying a police officer. At least I presume that will be the charge uh, because they demanded license and registration, and he would not hand it over. You were sitting in the passenger seat at the time. It sounded like you were getting video footage as you got video footage of his first arrest a week ago. How did it all go down? What did you want to share with our listeners tonight, Yadra? Well, I guess I can say that I'm mad as a wet porcupine, because that's exactly what I am. Uh, 
it's raining here in Keene, mm-hmm. and um, I shall do the best I can to regale your listeners with the details of the event. But, um, uh, well, I guess uh, to begin with, you were saying the camera. Yes, I did get some video of this. Unfortunately, I did not have the Quick.com application installed on my iPhone, and so I was using a uh, secure digital high-resolution video recorder. So you, However, you were just um, recording it to your iPhone. You weren't broadcasting it live. That would audio be recording only. Oh, okay, and, okay, uh, only audio. That, that was able to be broadcasted. And the video camera was seized along with the entire car. Oh, no. Um, so they took, yes. your, they took your iPhone? Although no, you had oh. a camera separately. Right. The I separate see. camcorder was seized, citing the need to have it for evidence. Uh-huh. And presumably the evidence that I was uh, that I was not telling them that I was recording them. Kurt told them that they were being recorded. This is one of the reasons why having a Quick.com application on a, on a phone is very useful, and it allows you to immediately, for our listeners that don't know, you know this obviously, Yadra, but for those that don't know, this is a little application that's available for Blackberries, it's available for Nokias, it's available for iPhones and a handful of other uh, devices, actually more than a handful. But you go to QIK.com, you can get the application absolutely free, and what it does is it allows your phone to, or your smartphone, to stream video live to the internet, or close to live. If you're in an area with poor cell phone coverage, it'll stream the file as soon as it gets back into good coverage. So it's a, it's a neat little program. It's still, it's still in the beta phase, so it doesn't, for me at least, it hasn't been working perfectly but there's good news, and that is the folks over at Ustream, which is the company that we use to stream our video feed here in the studio, uh, rumor has it that they – actually, I guess it's more than a rumor. I think it's official at this point. Uh, but they are officially designing their own little streaming uh, software. I believe it's actually already available for a couple of different phones, but it's not really widespread as Quick.com. So we're going to see some real good competition, I think, in that area soon, which should really shape the applications up and make them more reliable, I would expect. So I uh, highly recommend people with smartphones get themselves a copy of one or the other of those softwares and have them at the ready in case of some sort of uh, police encounter. So go ahead and continue with the story. Yes, well, that's beautiful that there is going to be competition in the area of live video streaming. Glad to hear it. Um, well, yes. Uh, <laughs> where do I begin, eh? Um, let's see. Well, I just guess. highlight for us some of the interesting parts, Yadra. Uh, I mean, it's my understanding that uh, y'all were pulled over. The cop claimed that it was because the dog was in Kurt's lap while he was driving. Yes. Um, I'm more suspicious that the police were upset that I was pointing a camera at them and merely used that as an excuse to pull him over. Hmm. I find that highly likely. Well, what I'd like to know is what kind of notes do they have in there? What uh, from from perhaps a New Hampshire uh, police officer or any cop? What what kind of information do they see when they pull up somebody's info? Because clearly you're going to get a criminal history, I would imagine. So therefore, the earlier pullover for license and registration was probably already on his file. And so they may have spotted that and thought, oh, we'll nab this guy again. Uh, yes. Who knows what sort the of notes they typed is, the in there. The interesting thing is about that, that they, if they were pulling it up, they were pulling up only that one incident because uh, it was a rental car. Oh, okay. So in theory, they were not able to access the details of this person just by looking at that license plate number. I wonder what – now, this is new territory. I've never heard of anybody getting pulled over and having their car taken while in a rental car, I wonder what that means as far as the rental car company getting their car back. 
Indeed. Because they're not going to want to pay that uh, that fee. Obviously, no. Kurt's going to be responsible for for paying whatever the the tow fee is and the impound fee. And Perhaps. well, yeah, of course he's going to be. Res- I mean, he's going to be responsible for that. And if it's a rental car, then the longer it's going to be held in the tow yard, the more his bill is going to be. So hopefully. Hopefully somebody on the outside will be able to uh, to help that help that situation along because it's it's going to be hard to say how long Kurt's going to be in in jail at this point. Yes, well I'll certainly be helping with his communications as best I can. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great example of how having this many activists in New Hampshire is making it possible to immediate substitutions when one is abducted by. Blue gang, as now, it were. These cops, I listened to all the messages today at the Pork 411, and these cops were not nice uh, like the last ones. I mean, the last ones stole Kurt's freedom from him, but at least they were courteous about it. Uh, these guys didn't sound that nice. What uh, What happened when they got nasty? I, I heard a can of mace came out at, at one point. Oh, yes. Well, that was very interesting. That was an attempt by one of the officers to insert his arm through the slightly lowered window and unlock the door. And um, Kurt... I would say, defended himself by attempting to raise the window, but the officer declined to withdraw his arm, and oh, uh, therefore was somewhat pinched in the window. And uh, that's the point at which the mace was drawn. And um, Wow. Uh, yeah. So I guess really. the, uh, the the lesson there is that for somebody who's going to do a, a partially rolled down window to keep it cracked to the point where the cop can't stick his arm through it. Correct. That's my assessment as well. Um the mace was reholstered after not that many seconds because um, I imagine the uh, I know I, I I'll have to reconstruct it from listening to the port four and ones. So he is he in the window? The window was up, right? Well, the window was up almost all the way, but um, the officer refused to remove his arm when Kurt released it part way. So um, that eventually kind of boiled down. I I my memory is kind of hazy on that part point. When did they <laughs> threaten to arrest you, Yandra? You were threatened with arrest at some point. Oh, I actually volunteered to be arrested um, <laughs> because um, I figured that they would, uh, if they did arrest me, then they would be obeying me. Um, and <laughs> okay. Haha! <laughs> um, uh-huh, I got what I wanted. I, what was that? Uh, just joking about it. Just uh, saying you'd, you'd gotten what you would. You did not get what you wanted because they didn't. Very uh, true. They very didn't true. Arrest you. <laughs> and it's actually good that uh, you didn't get arrested because Kurt has a dog uh, with him, and yeah. if the cops had taken hold of that dog, then that dog would have been impounded, and it would have been costing more money to get that dog out. Uh, when it was all said and done, uh, Yadra, thanks for the call tonight, man, and uh, you know, keep us in the loop as to what goes on here. I know Kurt's in jail at the moment, and we'll certainly keep our listeners informed. More on the way. Free Talk Live. They say we're hated for our freedoms. Their solution? Take away our freedoms. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. They spend both your lives and your money with reckless abandon. We're out of money now. We're operating in deep deficits. One organization dares to dream of a world where nations compete for citizens instead of enslaving them. The Seasteading Institute is looking for pioneers to homestead the high seas and take civilization to the next level. Join the revolution at Seasteading. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free. The number for you is 800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We have the live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, even a webcam all of it is free for you over at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. 
I've been taking this uh, new vitamin. It's called Choose for Health's Super Fruit Complex. And, uh, you know, it, it's just like a regular vitamin, except it also contains uh, several other, uh, you know, uh, fruits and, and berries. Goji, mangosteen, acai, nani fruit. Also, uh, um, it's, it's chewable, so you're more likely to assimilate it um, as, as opposed to, uh, you know, I've, I've heard stories and I don't know about uh, vitamins uh, not getting assimilated. So go to orderchews.com. That's orderchews.com. It's pretty tasty, too. It's not a foul-tasting thing. You can uh, order it at 1-800-217-5977, orderchews.com. All right, so the toll-free number again is 800-259-9231. We are going to continue what we started the show out with, and that is the four different things you can do to step outside of your comfort zone. And let's see, the first one was to laugh at yourself, to be, you know, to feel comfortable enough to be yourself and if that means to be silly in front of other people, then, you know, do what you need to do uh, to, to feel comfortable uh, about who you are instead of trying to be somebody else. There was another one about taking risks. Was that the third one, take risks? Uh, the third one was take risks. Uh, number two is face your fears. Face your fear because fear is uh, probably one of the most crippling things in, in our lives, and it's all pretty much made by ourselves. Like we create the fear, and then we cripple ourselves by it. Yep. So number four. Well, actually, this is uh, number three. Oh. Um, it's, it's a portion of number three. Uh, they, they give several several subsections to three. Got it. Acceptance. When things don't go your way, they won't. And, and they won't uh, sometimes. If you take enough risks, yeah. You're sure. going to win some, you're going to lose some, right? <laughs> Shrug it off. If you're clinging uh, to your comfort zone, you're hanging on to the idea that the world's supposed to be safe. A safe, predictable place. And that's an illusion. You're setting yourself up for frustration and disappointment. Open your eyes. The world's a dynamic place where things go right and wrong. That's just the way it is. Yeah. It, it, well, I was talking about earlier about how you have to prepare yourself if you're going to take a risk, and that's one of those ways that you get to grow. As uh, you take risk, risk equals reward, or it can equal reward. Great rewards. The, the greater the risk, usually the, the greater the reward, the potential for it at least. Um, so you, but you have to accept right up front that this could fail. This investment, maybe it's an investment in a business, maybe it's uh, doing some activism, whatever it is. There's a chance that uh, the investment could fail. There's a chance that you could get arrested. There's a chance that whatever. You have to be ready to embrace that, whatever it is, because if you aren't, then you're just going to you're going to go through some serious mental anguish. I mean, if if that if you take that risk and it comes to pass that it doesn't work out, and you can't handle that, you're not ready for it, then that's tough. That's a bad place to be. So you've got to prepare yourself in advance. Go ahead, Mark. So um, enjoy the unknown. This is number four. When's the last time you felt excited about not knowing what was going to happen next? If you're deep in your comfort zone, it's probably been a while. Don't you miss it? Don't you miss the mixture of anticipation and anxiety that makes your heart flutter and your stomach turn at the same time? Let me tell you, there are so many opportunities to do this up here in New Hampshire. Uh, I think one of the first easiest ones for people that you can really feel that feeling uh, is when you don't stand for a judge. That's one of those really simple, non-cooperative things that isn't really outrageous, uh, that is one of those easy things to do as, as kind of a first step into the pool of non-cooperation, as the first no to the government, as uh, to not stand for a judge. When you're in a room with other people that are not doing it, it, it becomes easier 
to do this. If you're all alone, then it's probably pretty dangerous. Uh, but if you're in a room full of other activists, as we are up here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, and uh, you know that there are going to be others that aren't standing for the judge, it makes it easier for you to engage in taking that risk, and uh, it makes it more likely that you'll be successful. But you're still going to feel that feeling. At least I still do. I know I still get it. Uh, and I've done it more times than I can count, just because judges are unpredictable animals, and you never know when one's going to get a stick up his butt and decide to go after somebody. Uh, so I still get that feeling of anticipation, uh, but I, I, go, I go through with it, and it's always worth it. Plus, the indoctrination is, is very thorough. What do you mean when you say that? Well, our indoctrination to stand for judges and you know say yeah. the pledge and do all the the things that uh, you know one has been do- indoctrinated to do. It really is going against one's nature because yeah. of that. And I I don't stand for judges because uh, you know the the Quaker religion says that one man shouldn't be respected in, uh, above another, and I I have to agree with that. I mean, mm-hmm. what what's the point in that? Right. Why should I? Did the judge stand for me? No, and if somebody deserves... If the the office is so great, then how come I disagree with so many things that so many judges say? Yeah. I don't have respect for the office. Right, you're hurting peaceful people. How can I respect that? Right. As soon as you stop hurting peaceful people, you'll begin earning some respect. So, um, yeah, that's that, that's pretty much the end of it. It says, uh, it suggests that you uh, enjoy the unknown to bring that feeling back of anticipation in your life. The toll-free number here is 1-800-259-9231. Perhaps there are other things that this list left off. Maybe you've got some ideas as far as helping yourself and helping others uh, step out of a comfort zone. Perhaps you want to share a personal story, uh, maybe of a, of a business risk that you took or a, a personal risk, some sort of uh, situation that you can share with others to kind of give an example of what you were like maybe before you decided to take the step out of your comfort zone and and how looking back on it you're so glad that you did and that you know what would your life have been like had you decided to stay in your comfort zone because a lot of the you know all the great things that you see out there in the world are as a result of uh you know somebody stepping out of their comfort zone right. and, and getting out there and and doing something new and and unusual and exciting and fresh and risky and you don't want to confuse this list with uh you know you stepping out of your comfort zone with doing things that are reckless and and stupid that's there's a difference there's a line there yeah, yeah. Um, there's a difference between reckless and um you know reckless and then the acceptable risks reckless people don't accept risks they don't even think about risks mm. you should know the risks decide to go through with uh, the decision anyway be ready and willing to accept the consequences if things don't work out that's a good point that should be calculated yeah. Whatever steps you're going to take, you should have thought in advance of a lot of the possible outcomes, but don't let them cripple you. If it's something that you want to do, if it's something that you feel driven toward, you know, it may be that Kurt, the guy that was arrested for uh, for not handing over license and registration, Mark, you say that's not the hill you would die on, and I'm sure there are a lot of people that agree with you that would say that uh, they think this is a poor example of civil disobedience, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There are always going to be critics uh, in those cases. But Kurt has – I don't think he's doing this recklessly. I mean he knows what the consequences are. He's out there doing this because he, he likely believes, does. He believes it is right, and he has to know that it's going to result in this happening, that m- most cops are going to arrest you for not handing over the, the, your papers. Well, I- and he's he has accepted that, and I think that's in, that's an incredible step out of a comfort zone. I think that uh, liberty activists can uh, give their opinions in a uh, loving way, and um, you know that they should be accepted in the same manner. And that's that's all they are is there's opinions. I yeah. I don't think that the license hill is the one to die on today. I think that uh, filming in the courtroom here in Keene 
far better, bigger issue. I think what would be nice is to get a whole group of a dozen or a couple dozen people to drive around with uh, and do freedom to travel stuff and just continue and do the same thing that Kurt is doing or something similar like that. If, I think with more numbers, it could be a much more a powerful thing, but that's... That's just how things have been up here in New Hampshire at this point, as far as the civil disobedience is concerned. In whatever instance, it's always just been a lone person doing something. And I think that we're going to be on the cusp soon of having multiple people get involved in civil disobedience. I guess there has been one example of multiple uh, people civil disobedience, and that would be the, the Free Keen Fest the last couple free Keen well, fests that we at had the, uh, at the, in the Keen in the filming in the Keen courtroom, there was one person, but then six other people, uh, excuse me, five other people, uh, you know, uh, were they arrested. disobeyed by uh, by not obeying an order. That's true. Uh, so there was that example. That was a very spontaneous example of uh, of disobedience and non cooperation. As far as planned disobedience, there has been the poker games that have been uh, the gambling tables at the last couple free Keen fests, and there have been a number of people that have participated in that. Uh, I think we're there have been in discussions, at least, no real dates or, or times nailed down yet about uh, maybe a topless protest with both women and men going topless in a kind of a main street area, public area. Uh, I know that there's been discussion That'll about some attention. marijuana uh, protests, but that's a great issue. The topless protest is a perfect civil disobedience issue, I think. Uh, more on the way here, 800-259-9231. We're getting to the point where we have enough ladies up here that we can pull this off, so to speak. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves with the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, learn how to promote us. Over at promote.freetalklive.com, there's a whole list of things you can do to get this show on more radio stations and into more people's ears on the Internet via MP3 players and live streaming. So get all the details on how to help us out at promote.freetalklive.com. That's promote.freetalklive.com. Every week I get an email from the folks over at stopthedrugwar.org. It's called Drug War Chronicle, and I highly recommend it to anybody that is a... Interested in seeing an end to this insane war on drugs, the the guys over at StopTheDrugWar.org do an amazing job cobbling together all of the relevant news about what's happening in the war on drugs, whether it's police enforcement actions and the, the terror that they cause in people's lives, or it's corrupt cops, or it's uh, the you know the, kind of the political status of various different agenda as far as uh, medical marijuana in different places and even around the world uh, portugal's drug decriminalization has been talked about recently so it's a it's a real uh, it's got an international scope the stop the drug newsletter and just want to highly recommend it before i get into an excerpt from this week's edition where the story is that there have been at least four people killed by the police doing drug enforcement actions so far this month that's 17 days There's talk of marijuana legalization in the air, talk about sentencing reform, talk about second chances for drug offenders. But despite all the talk, the drug war rolls on, and the day-to-day grind of it can be deadly business. So far this month, police officers enforcing the drug laws have killed at least four people. None of the cases uh, are an obvious case of police misconduct, although the judgment of some of the officers involved can certainly be questioned. The departments to which the officers belong stand behind their men, as they always do. Every time. But four people are dead 
after having encountered police officers doing drug war business, and at least one of them was not even the target of the cops. In New York City, Shem Walker, age 49, was shot and killed by an NYPD undercover officer Saturday night on his own stoop. The officer was part of a team of narcs and was standing on Walker's stoop to provide backup for a narc doing a buy and bust at a bodega a couple of doors down the street. Walker went outside to have a cigarette, encountered the undercover officer, told him to get off his porch, then got into a scuffle with him and a second narc standing on the stoop next door. Walker died lying in front of his house after taking a, uh, taking a bullet to the chest. He's shooting, what, an unarmed man? Doesn't say he was armed here. Yeah. I mean, he's he's coming out for a cigarette. It doesn't seem likely that he would be armed. It's New York City. I mean, most it's people aren't legally armed, armed there. He said, Mommy, I'm going out for a smoke. And that was the last time, Walker's mother, Lydia Walker, said as she sat in her wheelchair Sunday morning before breaking down. My son was the peacemaker. He wasn't involved in no violence. He was always trying to make peace. Walker's sister, Audrey Nurse, said she was, or he was only trying to protect the family home. She said, mind you, guys hang out on our front steps, and my brother was always chasing them off. That's the only thing anyone can say about my brother. He comes and takes care of my mother. He's a peaceful guy. This is ridiculous. So basically, these undercover cops were obviously not in uniform, and they were loitering on this guy's front stoop. And he did what he normally does with people as he, you know, shooed them off. And I don't know what the cops did in response, but there was obviously an escalation, as some cops love to do, is escalate situations. It's Yeah, it, it's a real shame that the Office of Peace Officer in, in this nation has really been turned into, you know, armed bully. And it's, you know, it, it's a real shame, and it largely has to do with the drug war. You know, if uh, just to expound on this situation just a little bit, the reason why this cop probably didn't turn to this guy and say, hey, look, I'm, a, I'm an undercover cop, is because people hate cops. Because Some. cops do, let me tell you, the people in uh, the ghetto have a good reason to hate the cops, because the cop, and I don't know if this is the ghetto, but uh, it, but New York City is kind of trashy in a lot of places. The, they have re- good reason to uh, to hate the cops, because the cops arrest their friends and their family members on a regular basis for nonsense like marijuana possession. So you've got this uh, attitude uh, in the you know these urban areas where people know better than to talk to the cops. They know that when the cops come to, uh, come to the door to ask questions, you don't answer the door. These are people that, that get that. In fact, it was Barry Cooper who was talking about how the, the folks in those neighborhoods understand how dangerous the cops are. They're not uh, gullible like the uh, you know the folks in the upper crust neighborhoods might be and brainwashed into thinking the cops are there to help them. They know the cops aren't there to help them. They know that the cops are there to put somebody in a jail cell. So odds are good that if, and this has happened before, somebody in a neighborhood discovers that undercover cops are there, they'll go alert the neighborhood to it. They'll go let people know that that un- undercover cops are around. That's, that's bad news. Somebody's going to jail. So heads up, everybody. So that's one of the reasons why the cops wouldn't have taken that tact. If it was a, if there was no dr- a drug war and they weren't out arresting peaceful people, and let's say the cops were maybe investigating a, I don't know, a serial murderer or rapist or something like that, and that's why they were undercover, it probably wouldn't have been a big deal to break cover to somebody else in the neighborhood because they'd be friendly towards you. The cops would be your, would be trustworthy. They would be somebody who aren't. They would not be adversaries as much if they weren't out there constantly arresting people in the uh, the insane war on drugs who've not hurt others or handing out speeding tickets left and right or doing what they whatever it is that they do to terrorize people on a regular basis if they were actually out there just arresting violent dangerous criminals i would have no problem with what they do right who can argue with that 
So, uh, so as a result, I would of argue keeping... that uh, most of New York City's trashy, but uh, I wouldn't argue that uh, that uh, you know the police officers would be much more respected if they were just out going after thieves and and yeah. uh, you know violent people. I just think cities are dirty. That's all. They just they just look ugly. I, I, I know you've City got something only, against cities. New York City only looks good from up high. If you're up real high, you can't see how nasty it, it looks when you're up close. And that's what you mean by nasty, pretty. but yeah, just broken and broken down. And you've not been pretty. there so many times, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, we've been to Manhattan, which is one of the nicer areas. Anyway, in Gwinnett County, Georgia, an as-yet-unarmed man was shot and killed in a pre-dawn drug raid on July 1st. According to the police, Gwinnett County police officers entered the house after knocking and announcing their presence, only to be met by a man pointing a gun at them. They shot him dead. Another man at the residence was arrested on cocaine trafficking warrant, but it was not clear if any drugs were recovered at the scene. And when you break into people's homes uh, in the middle of the night, pre-dawn, that's 4 a.m. usually, 3, 4 a.m., uh, you know, there's a good chance somebody's going to be uh, pretty upset about that and maybe uh, scared and not sure who you are. If you're the cops, you may be anybody breaking through the front door. And uh, if you've just been woken from a dead sleep, then it's even more likely that the person sure. is... People, people that are making a lot of noise at your house at 4 a.m. are probably not there to do you any good. And it makes perfectly good sense that some some people will arm themselves before they go and try to deal with the people that are making a whole bunch of noise at their house. Outside Holden, Louisiana, Donald or Donnell Stogner, 42, died after being choked by a deputy who was trying to force him to spit out a bag of suspected dope, as someone called about this one earlier. It took place uh, during pre-dawn hours on Sunday after the man was pulled over for weaving in traffic. The entire eight-minute encounter was captured on the deputy's dash cam. It begins with the deputy asking Stogner for his driver's license, then asking Stogner what he has in his right hand. I don't have nothing in my hand, says Stogner. I swear to you. But the tape appears to show Stogner placing something in his mouth. Spit it out, the deputy yells. As he attempts to handcuff Stogner and he resists, if not exactly passively, also not aggressively. Stogner never strikes the deputy, although the deputy strikes him repeatedly. Still, the deputy was unable to cuff Stogner until more deputies arrived on the scene. Shortly after their arrival, one deputy asks another, is he breathing? He wasn't. He was arrested for methamphetamine possession a week earlier. Preliminary coroner report. I don't know how how long he would have lived if he swallowed the methamphetamine either. I I don't know much about these things. But it just shows how desperate people are in a situation like that. I I think that, um, you know, there's a couple of things that you can take away from this. If you were just dealing with thieves and and, and violent people, if that's who all the, the cops were dealing with, you wouldn't have had this situation because somebody wouldn't be trying to hide something. Right. It seems very unlikely that they'd be trying to swallow some kind of evidence to a murder or um, the camera they stole out of someone's house. That doesn't seem like that's really going to work out very well. Right. If he was driving dangerously, then that would be the issue, would be driving dangerously, and the cop wouldn't care what he shoves down his throat. See, see, we have all these these crimes against possessing things, and... Uh, it, it, of course the officer is going to re- try to react in the fashion that he does here. He's going to get a bonus. He's going to get recognition. He's going to yeah. get whatever if he manages to catch this guy in a routine, tra- routine traffic stop for uh, you know having some kind of important drug that they, they decide. And you also see the uh, the Fourth Amendment has been just eviscerated by this war on drugs. Uh, This guy should be able to put whatever he wants in his mouth, and he probably wouldn't have put it in his mouth and wouldn't have put this dangerous substance in his mouth if it wasn't so very illegal and he could have gotten so much time for it. And also... 
the thing you see here is the officer strikes him, he doesn't strike the officer. Mm-hmm. This is the sort of uh, disparity that, that goes on. Power. Right, the balance of power. The officer knows that he can pummel the crap out of this guy and nothing's going to happen to him. This in guy fact, knows right. that if he punches that officer, he is in for a world of hurt. The coroner ruled the death accidental and law enforcement said Deputy Sturdivant acted appropriately. Yep. Hour two's coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. Talk Live, and we're launching into the second hour of the program. The toll-free number for you is 1-800-259-9231, and you can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We'll start things out by going right back to your calls. Jimmy is in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jimmy. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, sir. What's on your mind tonight? Okay, I have. I'm not uh, really uh, uh, astute on this stuff, but they spend millions of dollars on ads during this one, you know, two month period of the year, and uh, you know, if if uh, if who is if they, and can... what ads are you talking about? I'm talking about presidential elections, and okay. I'm, I'm, my idea is it's not a presidential um, for, year, but for it's, the guest. Oh, uh, um, you must be thinking you're listening to a different show. There is no guest on this show, but what? What? Uh, this is Free Talk Live. You're free to talk about. Oh, am I you listening want. to a repeat? This is Free I Talk. Was on. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. This is Free Talk Live. We're on live uh, Monday through Saturday from seven to ten o'clock at night Eastern Time. You, you have a guest call. on from Freedom Watch. Uh, no, nope. we've had Andrew Napolitano on in the past, so we uh, have well, had Andrew Napolitano <laughs> on the show. Anyway. I'm sorry, guys, uh, but anyway, if I can... Yeah, go um, ahead. What what was it that you were calling about? Go ahead. Well, you were talking about a campaign strategy, and my my thought, my idea is why, why not um, spend a good bit of money on a, and run an ad on... Uh, like a major major uh, channel network, um, you know, way way pre-election, so that you can. It's like a. Uh, I mean, they spend. Look at look at. Are Ron you talking Paul about to win ideas. a primary? Are you are you talking about to get through a primary and a presidential election? Running an ad early on is that what you're saying? Yeah, um, and you know how they they'll only spend they'll only run the ads. During this, you know, and everybody runs them at the same time, and 
So you're I saying run was, them before everybody else runs the, their ads? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, like maybe maybe uh, midterm election time. Yeah, I think what the, I mean, not to, I don't know who you were listening to. It certainly was not this show. We weren't talking about that. Uh, but just to just to dig into your idea there a little bit. We well, had a woman on from Freedom Watch. No, we didn't. We had Shelly on, Shelly Roche, uh, last, on that's, last that's night's it. program. Uh, but I, uh, I must be listening to a repeat. I don't recall I thought... talking about campaign strategy with her, but nonetheless, I'll address what you're saying here, and that is that the, the reason why campaigns, political campaigns, advertise before the election is because, well, that's when most people are paying attention. Uh, what you're talking about would be a possible way to build a brand name for somebody to kind of uh, do branding and get people to uh, to recognize somebody's name if they didn't know what it was to advertise early on. But as far as getting people to turn out and getting them to actually go to vote for so-and-so, you have to advertise pretty heavily right before the election, and that's just the way the game is played. If you've got nothing but money to spend, then you might as well buy a bunch of ads uh, in the very beginning but most of the liberty oriented campaigns you're going to come across are going to have very very little money ron paul's campaign was unusual in that he raised a tremendous amount of or the the ron paul fanatics were able to raise a tremendous amount of money out on their own and and, and kudos to them for that in fact most of it didn't even get spent which is sad uh but that's a whole other issue but my point here is that it just campaigns don't don't normally work that way, and if you don't have a lot of money, there's no way that that would be an, a successful tactic to take your money and focus it months ahead of the uh, the vote. If all you have is X dollars, then blowing any and, and X is not very large, you don't want to blow that money prior uh, several several months uh, a lot of many months before the election. You want to spend it right beforehand so you can get the maximum what you might call a return on investment. All that said, I don't think there's any hope for the federal government. I think that anybody that's spending money on a federal government campaign is throwing it down a rat hole. Uh, uh, there's some return that you can get in that Ron Paul was certainly, uh, re, you know, he was responsible during his campaign for bringing new people to the ideas of liberty. And for that, that was the reason I donated to him, because he had that buzz. He had that, ex there, there was that excitement with his campaign that, I just hadn't seen with uh, any other liberty-oriented campaigns since Harry Brown, basically. Uh, and it's certainly he had more excitement than Harry Brown. And I was, I was pretty excited mostly by what Harry Brown's message was. And, of course, he was the presidential candidate in 1996 and 2000 for the Libertarian Party. But it, I find it more and more difficult to involve myself in national-level politics. And I, while I could still see myself contributing to a campaign that was getting very exciting as far as bringing people to liberty, I can still see myself doing that. Uh, I certainly won't be voting in fe uh, in federal elections ever again. I've uh, sworn that off as uh, as someone who believes in declaring independence and is not interested at all in participating with the federal government. That's something that I, I feel like I have to do is is not be involved at least through the voting process. Uh, and my reason for donating would not be to help that person win because I don't believe they they have a chance. My person my my reason for donating would be to help other people find. The message of freedom, presuming that the individual uh, that I would be donating to is actually good at communicating that. I thought Ron Paul was pretty darn good. He wasn't as principled as I might have liked, but he was at the 98, 99th percentile, which it is was, as good as you can get in federal. The campaign was working in a federal campaign these days. So thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Uh, Mark, should we jinx it? Uh, 
about the guest tomorrow night? Should we? Let's jinx away. I've got a confirmation. Okay. And, you know, well, Ron Paul's going to be on the show tomorrow night. Ron Paul's going to be on the show tomorrow night. It's going to be the Saturday show, so that means that the phones are going to be busy. We're going to have to interrupt the show in the middle because you know how Ron Paul is. He's a busy guy, popular, and so we can only get him smack dab in the middle of the Saturday show. But we'll take him because, you know, he's Ron Paul. And uh, we'll bring yeah, him on. Right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, don't try this yourself. Now, I know he's coming on to pimp the audit the Fed thing, and so inevitably I will you know, get kind of tough with my questions on the audit the Fed thing because I personally don't think it's going to lead anywhere. Apparently they have some grandiose plans to actually eliminate the Fed uh, down the line and at the very least bring in – Well, he did introduce an in-the-Fed bill yeah. at the, on, in the same year. I mean, people – his agenda isn't, isn't – uh, It's not hidden. Right. It's not at all uh, subversive. So we'll talk about that with him, and then uh, we'll open up the phones, and if you manage to get through, you'll be able to talk to Ron Paul tomorrow night on Free Talk Live. All right, let's go to your calls uh, about anything. Kenny is in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Kenny. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, I was wondering, uh, I was reading up on gas additives, and uh, I found an ad about acetone in the gas, putting acetone in your gas tank, two ounces per 10 gallons, increases your fuel mileage anywhere from 15 to 30 percent. Have you heard anything about that? Sounds, uh, I don't know. I, I, I would, you would think that Consumer Reports would come out and say that. I, I'm, I'm really surprised. You'd that, think that would be widely known if it were that effective. I mean, they, uh, in Popular Mechanics, I read that every month. Well, I, the oil companies are trying to debunk it. They, they even went so far as to get Mythbusters to uh, say something about it in a negative manner, like it was busted. Okay. Know, well, I it's it's a new it's a new one to me. Maybe some of our car experts out there can call in with their thoughts. I personally know next to nothing about cars. Yeah. Um, and Mark, I mean, you know more than I do. I thought I'd shoot it at you, so maybe somebody call in with some information. Yeah, I'd like, be real cautious before pouring acetone in my gas tank. Uh, you know, right. I'd, I'd really do my due diligence on that one. Like I've read a lot about it, and everybody says it's pretty good. That they've even soaked their. Uh, the, the rubber parts of their carburetors and their fuel lines in it, and it didn't do anything to it, and that sort of thing, and, and it helps to burn the the uh, the fuel more efficiently, and it decreases emissions by sixty percent. That's uh, that's a pretty outrageous uh, claim, and again, if uh, if there was truth to that, then you'd think the car companies would be selling them, or not the car companies, but the you know the, the AutoZone and the the places like that. Well, they can't because the oil companies don't want them to because they'll sell less gasoline. Well, why thought. would the oil companies have any I mean, sway they're not over that what powerful? Yeah, why would why would AutoZone be swayed by what the oil companies said? Why wouldn't they money. just why wouldn't they outlaw windmills and uh, if if they could <laughs> do anything they want, why wouldn't they outlaw windmills, solar panels? Um, well, that pr- has nothing to do with automobiles. But the okay, oil you're not com- understanding the question. Um, right, petroleum products and fossil fuels uh, do power most of the electric companies in this nation. So it does have something to do with uh, with, with uh, it doesn't have anything to do with automobiles, but it does have something to do with power. Okay, well I just would want to throw it at you. Yeah, thanks for throwing it out there. I thank you for the call. I would say that if that was so uh, effective, then you would see those third. Uh, kind of third-party automotive providers providing some sort of solution, whether it's, you know, they've got those things already that you pour in your gas tank, and they claim that it increases your gas mileage, but that's not anything significant at all. In fact, some people would say those things are useless. More on the way, 800-259-9231. What do you think about that idea? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free 
Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Features including the shrine of female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. You can head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See it for yourself. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Top stories at freedomsphoenix.com. Giant leap. Giant, next giant leap. Could moon landings have been faked? Oh, some, no. some still think so. It's just, you know, they're just looking at it from one side or the other. I don't think that they're pushing one story. And it, it's a, a compilation. They, gotcha. they don't write their own stories. They just compile stuff. No, I see. really like Freedom's Phoenix. It's a cool site. And Jumbo Squid Invades San Diego Shores. <laughs> Freedom'sPhoenix.com. All right. Uh, so I did a little digging, and it didn't take much. Acetone. Gasoline mileage was the Google search. Actually, I was typing in acetone and gas, and that came, that was the you know first result because Google does that neat little thing where they fill in what you want for you. I love that feature. That is great. Uh, it knows what you want to search for. Uh, as, in fact, there was a little article I saw where one of the Microsoft executives pr- has predicted that within 10 years, the computers will know what you're going to do. Like they'll be able to predict what your next move will be or something like that. Don't even know what to think about yeah. that. Uh, so here's what Snopes.com has to say about Kenny in Texas and his suggestion that perhaps pouring acetone in one's gas tank will increase gas mileage by, what was it, up to 30% was uh, was his claim, and something else, a 60% increase, I forget. It was an amazing claim that, that he was making, and of course our immediate response was uh, disbelief, and he countered, he said that Mythbusters said this was a myth, but he believes that they're owned by the oil companies, and so therefore uh, he doesn't believe what they have to say. So I'm sure that when we finish reading the Snopes.com rebuttal, he will also continue to believe that the oil companies have uh, bought out Snopes as well. Snopes.com, of course, is a website that's designed to either confirm or debunk rumors that are viciously spread on the Internet. And so if you want to find out whether something you heard in an email is true, there's a good chance that the folks over at Snopes.com have done the digging and checked it out. So here's what they have to say. Claim, adding acetone to gasoline in an effort to improve gas mileage is a good idea. Status, false. According to uh, them, as fuel prices go up, so does interest in various products and additives said to improve gas mileage. One of those is acetone, a widely available solvent better known to most of us as nail polish remover. According to some, adding a few ounces of this chemical compound into a tank of gasoline will dramatically increase mileage, supposedly by assisting in the vaporization of fuel. Although various claims have been made about acetone improving gas mileage by 25 or even 30 percent, those avowals never seem to hold up to independent scrutiny. Properly controlled experiments designed to measure the ballyhooed improvement have failed to recognize any significant change. Curious motorists working in less controlled settings do at times seem to note an acetone-assisted improvement, yet their results are likely better chalked up to careless measurement or miscalculation, as their findings simply cannot be re- uh, reproduced in a laboratory environment. Well, sometimes, and, and you know, it, this even happens with scientists, is sometimes you see the things that you want to see. see when you're uh, doing experiments. and Especially if you've been paid by the federal government to find out something. <laughs> That's true. 
Uh, confusing matters further is the issue that determining the effect of anything upon gas mileage is a little more difficult to work out than it would seem because so many different factors can affect the results. The same amount of fuel will produce different gas mileages on different days, depending on variables such as the type of automobile, the weather conditions, whether the car's air conditioning was running, how fast the vehicle was driving or was driven, uh, eliminating the effects of each of these factors from the computation is generally beyond the abilities of the average car owner with a passing interest in knowing how many miles to the gallon his pride and joy is getting. Were the decision of adding or not adding acetone to one's fuel tank merely a question of whether the practice boosted gasoline performance? That would be one thing. But unfortunately, there are other issues to consider, such as the harm that a solvent can work on vehicles. Acetone is corrosive, which means it can eat away at rubber components such as gaskets and O-rings. Particularly, uh, that would be a particularly bad result for cars with rubber hoses in their fuel lines. Acetone will also eat the paint off of your car. As Tom from Car Talk It noted, is, after all, a nail polish remover. Yeah. And, you know, what is car paint but really, really good nail polish? Uh, as Tom of Car Talk noted in January of 2006, here's our final reason not to use acetone. It dissolves paint, so if you slip and spill a little bit outside your fuel filler door... You'll have a nice, unpainted line running down to the bottom edge of your rear quarter panel. Oof. When we see you drive by, we'll know you didn't take our advice. So, there you have it from Snopes.com. It's bunk. Nonsense. Well, I, I don't know if it's nonsense. I mean... It sounds like it, according to the, the lab studies that no, they're citing here. But it's wrong. It's not nonsense. Okay. Whatever. 800-259-9231. Call it what you want. It's bunk. That is, uh, that's the case. Not disputing that. All right. So you can bring up absolutely anything. And since we're doing kind of the self-help theme here tonight, uh, let's get back into an old ancient topic of ours, Mark. Uh, the old standby at this point. Not because we don't have other things to talk about. I know you want to talk about that giant squid story. I do. I'm dying to talk about giant squids in San Diego. if we're really lucky, we'll manage to drag Julia in here for the last hour of the show or something like that. And then we'll talk about some sex stuff. Uh, but... Let's jump back into the 50 things that everybody should know. The articles published over at rightwingnews.com. I can't say anything good about the uh, the title of that website, but I can tell you this particular article is a good one. And so let's dig back in. We were on, I think, number 40-something here. Let's start with number 41, since it ties into this whole... Uh, Acetone idea. Number 41. If you just assume that every conspiracy theory is wrong without even examining it, you'll be right 99.99% of the time. It's probably true. Perhaps. I mean, there's all kinds of conspiracy theories out there from UFOs to, you know, all kinds of things. There's some that I, uh, you know, that people might call conspiracy theories that I believe. And um, I, I think that conspiracy theory is, it itself is sort of a, uh, a derogatory term meant to, you know, group some true things and some false things under a category that you just throw out. Number 42, it's likely that whatever challenges you faced in your life currently could have been avoided um, if you'd made some better decisions upstream. That's a quote from Tony Robbins. I think I t totally agree with that. <laughs> sure. Uh, number 43, at a minimum, keep a basic to-do list, a schedule, and a budget. And this seems like real basic info here, and a lot of, the, a lot of these things will seem like common sense, like, wow, people don't know this stuff. Well, guess what? People don't know this stuff. Well, they, they people don't they don't keep a to do list. They don't keep a goal, you know, a goal list for their life. Even um, and and it's not just that they don't know. Many people know that they should have a, a, a list of goals. But they However, don't do it. Right. They just don't do it. I'd say that that's most people, at least most that I know. 
Well, I, and I've heard anecdotal uh, numbers on this, and there's no, I don't think there's any way to, to verify this claim, but I've heard it's in the 90th percentile, the amount of people that don't write down their goals. Oh, I would agree with that. And uh, I'm sure that of the people that write down things on a to-do list, a lot of people don't really check it very often. So there's that factor. If you've got a to-do list or a goal sheet, it's important that you review it on a regular basis so that you can keep helps. up to uh, up to date on what it is that you do. And and I know I've talked about the, the a goal sheet a lot in the past on this show, and I, and I will into the future because I swear by them. Uh, it's been something that I have I have been, had a part of. It's been a part of my life. For most of my adult experience, and it's one of those things that I that I learned from doing network marketing that was really really valuable to me, um, and I highly recommend it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. We will expound here in moments and continue on the list. And I think Julia is going to be joining us here shortly. You can bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners just like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive, edit virtually anything that you see there, W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. So we are talking about the things that everybody should know, and there's a whole lot of them. We've been just kind of piecemeal going through them as uh, when we get the chance, every so often, like every month or so. I think it's once a month we pick this back up and go through it, because we've never gotten uh, done with them. We're on the 40s of a a list of 50. And the one that we just touched on was that at a minimum, you should keep a basic to-do list, a schedule, and a budget. And I highly recommend uh, all three of the above. Uh, It's amazing to me, Mark, uh, how often you'll miss an appointment without me calling you up to remind you that, Mark, we've got to interview so-and-so today at noon. Where are you? You know, I've kind of got to keep keep tabs on you. But you've been doing better uh, about scheduling things. What have you changed? Um, I, I I just try to keep it in my little Palm Pilot, and uh, that generally reminds me. So the if it's not is, in the Palm Pilot, oh, it's, it's out of it's mind. Almost a complete, uh, you know, almost a guarantee that's not going anywhere. That's how it is for me. If uh, I've got a little program on my computer called Chameleon Clock, and not only is it valuable to me as a talk show host because it shows me the time all the way to the second, and I can adjust it atomically and all that. But it also has a little alarm feature where I can I can tell it at you know, 10 a.m. tomorrow to remind me to do this, you know, call this radio station. And I absolutely live my life by this uh, this program. It is uh, the, one of the the best programs that uh, that I've ever used, just because it it fits perfectly into what I need for for scheduling. I could do that stuff on my Palm Pilot, or I, I guess it's not a Palm Pilot. I used to have one of those. Now I've got the uh, the BlackBerry, which also has a similar calendar feature. And I've started to use that for things that I know I'm going to have to do when I'm out and about. So if I'm if I'm not in front of my computer, then I'll I'll transfer something over there, and, and that way I can remind myself. Because if you've got a lot going on, even if you've got a little bit going on, uh, you don't want to forget what you have to do. So it could be just simply as if you're somebody with a, a five day a week job, it could be as simple as just having a schedule written down. It's amazing to me the amount of people that 
you know, they're not sure what hours they're working tomorrow. That's me. <laughs> I, look I don't at know my, how you do it. I look at my schedule. Well, I mean, I know what days off I have usually, and I work is my main responsibility, so all my other things kind of fall around that. And I don't know. I just sometimes I just forget to look, and I I just have to call up and see what time I'm working tomorrow. Eh. So keep a to-do list, a schedule, and a budget. Uh, having that to-do list, having I, I use a, a goal sheet, but it's a basically a glorified to-do list. Uh, just writing down the things that you need to do is a great way to keep them top of mind, to keep them fresh, and to ensure that you are getting the things done that you need to do. And uh, sometimes you'll finish up a week of not doing so well on your list of things that you need to do, but that's okay. It's not the end of the world. You're still probably doing a lot better than most people that don't write stuff down. So if you write down a whole bunch of things that you need to do in one week and you only get 30% done, don't look at it from the negative perspective of you missed 70%. You got 30% of your stuff done, and that's stuff you're not going to have to do the next week, and you can move on to uh, to other things. Realize that you're uh, you know significantly uh, more productive than most people, and you can always carry it forward to the next week. All right, and then uh, the budget. Now, budgeting is something that is, I think, you know, a lot of people. I, th- I would say of the three things on this list, budgeting is more, probably one of the more likely things that people do because money is really, really important, and you, you definitely don't missing an appointment or two, eh, not the end of the world, but paying your bills on time, that's pretty critical. But some people don't. You know, some people don't really realize what they're spending their money on. Some people may have a general idea of what they're spending money on as far as uh, paying the, the bills for the house. Uh, but what are I you spending you, on I, food? I think that you're being extraordinarily optimistic if you say most people do a budget. Okay. Well, I don't know. I'm saying of those three things, maybe that that's the most likely thing that people would do. Maybe not, might maybe not most people. I don't, I, you know, I find budgeting to be kind of annoying. Like I've tried, but I don't. I don't know. I've tried to do a budget before and like sit down and take a month and like write down everything I spend or save receipts. And just uh, after a couple of days, I'm like, yeah, (laughs) well, it it does. It does really stink to do that job. Well, well, I mean, if you're doing okay financially, that's one of those things that you can not really care too much about. Sure. If you don't get fat, you don't have to watch what you eat. Yeah, but if you are having a tough time and you're having a difficult time making ends meet, then that's something you want to focus on. Yeah. And writing down your uh, your what you spend is really the most valuable part. It's easy to figure out what what you've got coming in, especially if you're just somebody that works a job or two or something like that. But a lot of people don't consider the cup of coffee every morning at Starbucks. You know, they don't consider those little things that, when added up, really gets to be a tremendous amount of money. I mean, if it's a cup of coffee every single morning and it's a three dollar cup of coffee, you're talking about a thousand dollars a year. Mm, on coffee. $1,000 so well spent. <laughs> hey, if you've got the money and it's something you like to do, then I say embrace it. You should have things that you love and that you appreciate. But you should also know what it is that you're spending your money on if money's uh, a, t- a tough thing for you. Number 45, Pat Riley said, excellence is the gradual result of always striving to do better. 45. That's pretty, kind of cool. Yep. 45, if you, want what, if you want your life to have impact, focus it. Stop dabbling. Stop trying to do it all. Do less. Prune away even good activities and do only what matters most. Never confuse activity with productivity. You can be, a, you can be busy without a purpose, but what's the point? And that's uh, somebody named Rick Warren who uh, said that one. And, Mark, you've told me uh, that you gave me a good example of this, that in the sales profession there are certain salesmen – who will spend time organizing their files or, you know, 
cleaning their desk or something like that. Yeah, a, and, new, a new Palm Pilot program, for instance, uh, putting all that stuff there. If you're spending most of your work time, if you're a salesperson at least, if you're spending yeah. most of your work time getting ready proposals and uh, you know doing uh, kind of clerical chores and all that other stuff, you should be a clerk. You shouldn't be a salesperson. Salespeople contact other people, they get involved with other people, and they sell. So that's the difference between activity and productivity. You, it's it's active to clean your files out. It's productive to make a call and you know do a cold call or go out and see a prospect and and stuff like that. And there are lots of examples of that. And I have a problem. This is one of my issues, right? Is uh, I have email box addictions, or an an addiction to my email box. That and uh, and and message forms. Well, that's part of it. It's all part of it because the the message forum notices come into my email box and there's always something new being posted and I, I feel like I must continually kind of run through this uh, this wheel, this hamster wheel of just continually checking things. And it's been something that I've been working on for, for a long time. I don't know if I'm any better at it now. Honestly, I'm not sure. But uh, number, but I'm aware of the problem, and that's the first step to uh, to a real solution. Yes, that's a, that's a, that's what people with problems tell themselves. <laughs> um, you know, I've been uh, I recently uh, listened to a uh, audio a patio book out there called uh, um, a user's manual for life or something like that, and it's uh, written by quite a libertarian guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he he says to uh, you know get rid of these um, serenity vampires and things like that. And I found what that is that? What is a serenity vampire? A person that sucks serenity. Oh, it's like somebody else in your life that is yes. uh, dis- dis- disturbing you in some way. Yeah, I see. And I kind of find and, and I agree I, with that. I you know I think that it's a I think it's a derogatory name for for an activity that I have. However, you you consider yourself a serenity vampire? No, no, I don't. I consider myself somebody who goes onto uh, message forums and uh, you know interacts with people on message forums on the internet where people are less likely to be pleasant and agree with you. Okay. So um, I, I've been. You know, for whatever reason, trying to go on message boards and uh, talk to people who don't believe in the Free State Project into believing in the Free State Project. <laughs> and this just doesn't make Not any working, huh? sense. Um, well, y- Aren't y- you recruiting enough people here on this show? I, I recruit, uh, and, and uh, you know, in, in other ways. I recruit lots of people for yeah. the Free State Project. But this is your little addiction. Yeah, yeah and it's a, real, it's, a, it's a true waste of time because in message forums, you can't, you can't really debate with somebody if, if that's what they want to turn it into because... You can't tie them down in the way you can in a verbal conversation mm-hmm. um, because they can just answer some question you didn't say or you know all kinds of things. You can bring up anything. You're welcome to add to the list of things you should know at 800-259-9231. Share your comments, your stories, or bring up anything you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight it's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by uh, becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. All you have to do is head over to amp.freetalklive.com and get on board with either your PayPal account, any major credit card, or some alternative options. And we'll take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations across the country, exposing more 
internet listeners to the program and bringing new people to the ideas of freedom. Plus, you get perks as an amplifier. You get access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. So we are going down the list of 50 things that everybody should know, and uh, we're continuing here. Uh, Number 46, ironically, successful people tend to fail a lot more than unsuccessful people. They also tend to ask a lot more questions. How do you feel about that one? Well, um, if you don't try, you don't uh, if fail. You, right, yeah. you don't try, you don't fail. If you don't try, you don't succeed. And uh, you know, failure, it, it, as un- uncomfortable as it is, is just part of the uh, the success formula. It's a necessary step uh, because you have to learn how you did wrong, so you can do it right. Uh, hopefully, the next time around, learn learning from your mistakes uh, and all that. And, and then now we're getting back into the comfort zone uh, discussion we had earlier tonight. In that if you don't step outside of that comfort zone and and take those risks, then you won't ever reap the rewards. So in order to have those successes, you have to be willing to accept that you're going to fail on on the path to success. So it's a great teacher failure if you're paying attention and willing to change what you're doing for next time. 1-800-259-9231. Maybe you can tell us your story about how you, as they say, failed your way to success. Have you ever uh, heard the the Abraham Lincoln story uh, out there of how many times he failed? No, but but I've heard anecdotes about uh, like authors submitting their books hundreds and hundreds of times to various different publishers until finally somebody says yes, that kind of thing. Well, there's there's an easy one, and uh, the Abraham Lincoln one's worth doing. I you know don't have it pulled up here in front of me because I don't have the list in front of me. Uh, But you know they say that uh, the the greatest batters in baseball uh, missed seven times out of ten up at the at the plate. So I mean a a three hundred is a great batting average. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Uh, Good point. Number 48, you beat 50% of the people just by showing up. That much is true. And I'd say showing up on time is one of the most important things, and it's amazing how many people can't handle that. You know, I'm really bad at showing up on time unless it's for work. I will, I'm never late for work ever because it's, that's important to me. But when it comes to like meeting friends and things like that, I am always late. I just, I, you can count I don't on Julia plan, to be accor- late. I don't plan accordingly. I don't know. It's, I try. <laughs> I think that those are, you know, those are things that, uh, that, that, you know, lots of people need to work on as far as getting, uh, getting to see friends on time and sticking by the things that you say. Work, very important. I think that showing up is 50% maybe. Attitude is another huge portion. The rest of the quote is you beat another 40% by working hard. And I'd say, of course, there's also the cliche of work smarter, not harder. That, that is a factor. But Actually, doing the work that you're supposed to do in the, the the correct manner is an important factor. And then the last 10%, it says, is a dogfight in the free enterprise system. Number 49, there are at least six key areas of your life, health, career, romantic, social, money, and religion. If you neglect any one of these areas, it will harm you in the other areas and keep you from being as happy as you can be otherwise. I don't agree with the religion yeah, part of it. I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone, you don't have to have religion to be happy Clearly at all. you don't. <laughs> I was an atheist for a long time and I was very happy. I am not religious at all and I am very happy. Number 50. Yeah, unhappy people say that crap all the time. <laughs> when trying ah, to de- what are you talking about? When trying to decide between two closely matched alternatives, always have a bias toward action. In the long run, it'll lead to your having a lot more experience, great stories, and a richer, fuller life. Do you want to be able to tell your grandkids that you actually did something for liberty or not? 
right? A lot of people are in this movement because of that particular reason. They don't want to have to, you know, down the line, look at their lives, whether they're talking to the grandkids or just reflecting upon their lives personally, and say that I could have done something, but I didn't. You know, tyranny was on the rise, and I could have spoken out, but I didn't. And so I think that's a motivation for a lot of people, the idea that, you know, this is our chance uh, to, to do something, to make a difference in our world, and why hold back? Why wait? Why hesitate? 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So we've actually gotten through the, the list of 50 things at this point, guys. Can you believe it? Finally? I, I can't. <laughs> I'm amazed. It's a good thing there's 40 more of them. Uh, next, uh, The next list here, 40 more things that uh, everybody <laughs> should know. <laughs> wait, I thought there were 50. <laughs> well, now there's 90. Uh, so let's jump into this one, and then next hour we'll talk about, I think we've got some sex-related story that Julia is going to tell us about. We'll get to that. She but does no, love those. no point in starting that uh, with the remaining few minutes here, so we'll just get through a couple more of these. Number one, one of the two things I heard over and over again when people talked about the original list was with older people with some variation of, I wish I had spent a lot less money on frivolous things and saved a lot more money when I was a teenager. <laughs> yeah, I'd say everyone feels that way. Now, there's, you know, there's a tough line to draw here because there's, I think there's a midpoint. You don't want to be too stingy to where you have no enjoyment of your life, but you also don't want to be spending every dollar you earn. And I think that a lot of Americans are on the spend every dollar you earn particular tract. And I think that's, I think if you're going to choose between two, being stingy is probably a better choice, but there's a midpoint where you can still save money and you can still have some nice things. And I think that's what you should, uh, that's what people should aim for. And I think patience is the most important factor in this because a lot of Americans have been inculcated with this get it now mentality. Ooh, plasma TV set. Let's put it on the credit card and have it now for the Super Bowl this year. Instead of doing the financially uh, respectable or responsible thing and actually saving the money that it would take to buy the plasma TV because that's when you can afford it. You, you can't afford it even if you're getting enough money to make the payments. Even if you've got enough money coming in to – and this is my opinion, obviously. But uh, I don't think you can afford something Unless if, you can pay for it outright? Yeah, unless you have enough money sitting in your bank account to go out and buy that thing with cash. I don't think and you can afford it. And have some left over in your bank account. And, because, and the reason for that is because people expect that they're going to have a job next week. And when they buy something on credit, they're expecting that, well – I can afford $10 a month or whatever, or worse, maybe they're going to rent a center or something like that. Uh, but they say to themselves, well, I got an extra 10 bucks a month. I can spend on this. I'll just get this stereo system from rent a center. And so they go and they, they start spending that money. And, and then, you know, maybe they will be able to pay for it all. And then they'll pay it off. And, you know, the roll of the dice, they'll actually get through it. And they'll manage to buy the, the thing when all things is, when everything's said and done. But if they lose their job three weeks later, then all of a sudden they can't make those payments. Then you got the repo man showing up, and your money's in the hole. You've already poured it into whatever the product is that you'd you'd purchased. It's now no longer in your hands anymore, and you're out completely. Right, and the product that you purchased, uh, it's likely not worth anything compared to the moment that you bought it. I mean, this is mm -hmm. how it. This is true for most things. Buy furniture today, and then try to sell it at the secondhand store or at a garage sale tomorrow. Yeah. 
<laughs> you you will find out that you know furniture makes used cars look like or it makes uh, new cars look like a great investment. Yeah, you're lucky if you get 25% of what you paid. Oh, for. I, I think that that might be even and generous. Now, the the idea that older people are um, chastening themselves for sort of younger behavior, kind of uh, you know, it reminds me of a saying. It's it's older people, you know, people my age that haven't learned some of these lessons that <laughs> that are probably need to uh, chasten themselves. But good judgment comes from experience, and a lot of that comes from bad judgment. And yeah. that's a Will Rogers quote. Well, it's back to the making mistakes thing, right? Yeah. So, you know, when you're younger, you're liable to make some mistakes, and it's okay because you're going to make some mistakes, learn from those mistakes, move forward. And I feel like as far as the... Uh, you know, it's looking at the buying the plasma TV thing or buying whatever it is that that you're so hot on purchasing. If you don't do it immediately, first of all, if you go out and you buy it with a credit card, it's that instant gratification, right? That oh, there's that. I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna put it in my credit card and bring it home tonight. Yeah. Well, if you wait, there are lots of really great reasons to wait. Besides the the one that we just pointed out, that you might not have your job next week and you might not be able to to afford that. Uh, and of course, if you've been paying for a bunch of things on uh, payments on credit then if you lose that job, you're probably not financially responsible enough to the point where you have savings. And so that money that you would have been saving toward the plasma TV would have come in a lot of handy to help you pay the rent in the, you know, the month or two or however long that you didn't have the job. So having that financial intelligence to, to save money is very important. Plus, by the time you're ready to make that purchase, if it's an electronic device, it's going to be cheaper. That model won't, might not even be available anymore. There might be a, a brand new model available that's got snazzier features and higher resolution or, or whatever. So waiting uh, is going to bring prices down and give you better features and gives you that financial sense of responsibility and satisfaction of, yeah, I can actually afford this now. It's a real, uh, I think, winner. Hour three's coming up. I had a great idea at work yesterday. So, I gathered my A-team to meet online using WebEx. I passed the ball to Carol in Atlanta, and I created some killer graphics. Then, I passed the ball to Taz in San Jose because I write the code that makes their ideas work online. Then I passed the ball to Logan in Cambridge. I'm kind of the keeper of cool. And hey, it was cool. So now, my idea wasn't just an idea. It was our hot new product line. Created by our national development team. Spread across three time zones. And we couldn't have done it without passing the ball. Using WebEx, the only way to pass the ball online. Pass the ball. Get your ideas rolling. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 606 to get a free trial and a free retractable VoIP headset. Remember that code 606. WebEx from Cisco. WebEx.com. Free headsets available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll free. 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. It's 1 800 259 9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We will uh, go right back into your phone calls. That's the point of the show. Gene is on the line in Tennessee on the amp line. Hello, Gene. Hello, guys. Hey, Gene. Uh, What's on your mind tonight? I hope this works. I'm at the uh, airport in Nashville getting ready to board a plane to Milwaukee, so they're about to call us. Anyway, uh, okay. if you hear some hustling and bustling, that'll be what that's all about. Gotcha. Um, I wanted to call 
about uh, North Korea. I don't know if I'm the only kind of person that does that's a little bit strange and goes to Google Earth and just kind of browses around the planet, but I, I tend to do that once in a while. Hmm, I'm sure and, a number of people do. And I went to North Korea because, of course, it's hard to get into North Korea, and we don't hear a lot about uh, what actually goes on in there. It's actually and hard to having, get out of North Korea, too, if you're in North Korea. Yeah. And having been to uh, China and a couple other places, I wanted to compare what little I could find out to uh, those places. And okay. I did find out, if you go look at the streets of Prongyang or whatever the capital... Prongyang or something like that? Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, there have been people who have been there, and they've linked their photos... Uh, you can, of course, zoom in on the streets, which don't tell you a lot, except for there's not a lot of traffic on the streets. No, it's mostly military, are, mostly government tra- but, uh, traffic. Yeah, and there are some um, panoramio photos, panoramia photos Panoramic, that are yeah. linked. Yeah, they're linked from that panor- panoramia website. I so those photos are illegal, there. right? I mean, the pictures pictures of North Korea are um, pretty much prohibited in most places, so it's a good chance that whoever no. was taking those were, was doing so surreptitiously? I think that uh, that these are people, like, uh, some of them were written in Russian, uh, had Russian subtitles under them and stuff. So I think a lot of these are Russian and Chinese people who have been to North Korea, because some some people are allowed in from those countries, and even... Uh, once in a while, a news reporter will be allowed in from another country. But mm-hmm. anyway, you can actually see some of the linked photos, and uh, um, the photo the the streets of North Korea are stark because they don't have any people on them hardly or any traffic. Right. And if you look at the tall buildings, unlike China or Hong Kong, where you see a lot of laundry hung out in the apartments, mm-hmm. uh, there's no laundry hung out in the windows of the apartments in North Korea. So. It's hard to imagine how people live there. I would imagine that you can, people are pretty much afraid to even walk out of their building, you know. Yeah, that you can only have radios that tune the official North Korea frequencies there, the the official state radio stations. It is in it. it I mean, from my, the the little bit of reading I've done on it, the accounts of people that have I've read that have visited North Korea, it's strikingly bad. I mean, it is so yeah. oppressive. It's amazing. And the cell phones are only allowed by the uh, certain government officials. The Figures. average person can't have a cell phone. Yep. Um, but the thing that I was thinking of when I was looking at the type of control they have there is that we're getting close to it here because with the RFID tracking that they're trying to put in everybody's licenses and uh, – and, um, the other control measures that are being placed upon us, I can see how that kind of control could be placed in a very short period of time, especially if there's some kind of a big terrorist attack or or a pandemic that scares everybody into accepting the uh, control. Certainly possible. And uh, Gene, any other observations? Well, that's just it. I I was hoping that uh, people could uh, take this to heart and uh, do as much as they can, whatever they choose to do, to fight these changes. That well, the only yeah, the only thing that's going to stop that. Yeah, the only thing that'll stop that is non-cooperation. That's it. Yep. Uh, there's no amount of begging that's going to stop the tyranny. Thank you, Gene. Uh, have a safe flight. Getting a little too noisy there. It is noisy. Uh, but yeah, the, that's what's going to stop it. If they keep shoving more security state nonsense our direction. 
it seems like most Americans are more than prepared to bend right over and do whatever it is uh, the government demands of them. They might complain about it, but yeah, they're not going to not do anything else. Uh, you know, that that's it. You know, well, most people have never been to places like North Korea. Obviously, they. I mean, most people live cushy little lives. They mm-hmm. they don't they can't really understand what it's like to feel that oppressed, and so. Even though it gets slowly more oppressive here, it does. It's it's not so drastic that that it really bothers people in that way, and they don't think about where it's going. And they can always tell themselves, "Oh, well, we still live in the greatest country on the face of the planet." Right. Well, you know that's because they tell us it's the greatest country on the face of the planet. Yeah. Um. You know, if you look at the uh, the the lists of uh, most economically free countries in the world, you'll find that the United States is. Not at the top, you know, near near the top of the list, but not at the top of the list. It's not in the. Shouldn't the United States of America, the land of the free, be the number <laughs> one position on those lists? It may have been in the past, but not today. It it seems like it should be to me, and you know, basically the reason that we're not is we're enslaved to the, you know, one of the reasons is we're enslaved to the uh, military industrial complex that feels it's necessary to keep the seas um, and air of the world safe. Shouldn't other countries be protecting their own seas and their own air? They take a lot of factors into play in those studies. Uh, they're worth a look, though. They're very interesting. The uh, the Heritage Foundation does one. Also, freetheworld.org is another one. Highly recommended and very interesting. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's not as bad as it is in, say, Sierra Leone, uh, but, you know, it's dropping. The United States is dropping on those lists. It's not moving up. Yeah, it's probably yeah. around, I think most of them have us at around 10th, kind of vacillating around the 10th place. It's right. certainly and, not the top of the top 10. And, um, you know, dis- freedoms are disappearing uh, for for Americans, too. So, I mean, that's something that need, people need to keep an eye out. Is You're just not as free in some ways as your, as your parents were, grandparents. All right, let's go uh, to an unscreened call on the amp line. Who's this? Hey guys, this is Eric in Austin. Eric, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, well, first a little bit of backstory. About six months ago, my brother um, was parking in my driveway in somebody else's car and hit my car, uh, which was uh, in backwards. And so he hit the front of my car and knocked my front license plate off. Okay. That was about six. That was about six months ago. And since then, I've been driving around fine. Uh, and, you know, I go by cops all the time. Nobody's ever pulled me over. But then I'm, people started telling me, you know, I had to get it replaced because it's against state law. You have to have a front license plate. Mm. You have to have both front and back. Uh, but I never got pulled over. I kept going by all these cops, so I didn't think anything of it. Um, well, this evening, my, I took my family to a carnival at a local church, uh, which had, I mean, like, Probably 30 cops just roaming around. Hmm. It was the strangest thing. I mean, this is a church, and they felt a need to have a police presence there in a very rich neighborhood, by the way. So, wait, they were paying uh, the police to be uh, there? I guess, yeah. All right. I, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what it was. It was kind of strange. But I figured, some some cities you know, require, my... just as an aside, some cities will require any kind of public event that will have a, a large amount of attendance like that to have a certain amount of police per uh, size of the event. And uh, if it's 30, that seems like an excessive fun. amount, but I don't know what the rules are. Yeah. But I figured, uh, I figured I'd take the opportunity to pull one aside and, and ask him about my front plate. Because <laughs> Why on earth Kurt, would you do uh, that? 
Well, because I, I wanted to know, because I'm like, Kurt, I, I can't afford to go to jail right now. Uh, and uh, so I, I don't want to have to deal with uh, the, the police on the roadside. So I figured I'd rather, in a casual setting like that, deal with them there than on the side of the road. Oh, boy. So I, I asked them. So I told I told them the story, and, and I asked them, you know, what the deal was. And they said, oh, you definitely have to have a plate. And I was like, well, that's odd. How come none of these, you know, hundreds of cops I've driven past in the last six months have ever pulled you over? And they're like, um, what, was it APD? And I was like, yeah, it was APD and uh, county sheriff. And I have the church I was at was in the suburbs, so it was the suburb police. They're like, oh, well, you know, they probably don't care, but up here in Cedar Park, we care and we'll pull you over. I was like, so what you're saying is you want my money. Oh, God. I, I can't. Uh, did this end well, Eric? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll let you finish, finish the story here in a moment. Uh, I don't think I would have gone up and talked to the cops about that. Hey, uh, cops, I'm breaking hey. your laws. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, or don't. It's your choice, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Those features, by the way, include archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, all you have to do is click and download. They're yours for free. Uh, right there on the front page of the website, going back an entire year, free at freetalklive.com. As we go back to Eric in Texas. Now, Eric, you had a, a little car accident in your front yard, uh, front yard that resulted in your license plate falling off the car. You didn't put it back on. You have to have, it was the front license plate. You'd been driving around and nobody pulled you over for it. So you were at an event where you happened to encounter some police and you decided to ask them about it as to whether or not uh, it was illegal. Why haven't you been pulled over for it? They said that, well, maybe those other cops wouldn't do it, but we certainly would do it. And where the what happened after that? Um, so, um, I, you know, I asked them uh, what the deal was, and they said, yeah, you had to have it. And they said that uh, if they saw me with, uh, like that, they'd pull me over. And uh, I, I, I think uh, last year when when the same town got busted, um, you talked about this story, but I can't remember, but this is the same town in Texas uh, that last year got busted uh, for overcharging on tickets. Uh, they were, like, doubling the cost of tickets. Which is, no. Texas is a no-no. State, uh, fines are set by the state here in Texas. So they were getting away with uh, yeah. that? They were just do- charging people double and people were paying it because they don't know, right? I mean, it's an arbitrary number in the first place. The whole idea that you could overcharge exactly. somebody on a ticket is silly because they, they can change the numbers anytime they want at the legislative level. Exactly. Exactly. And so I was like, so it's true that you know, your city is only about revenue collection. And they just kind of looked at me dumbfounded. And I, I brought up the story from last year. And they, and they just kind of gave me this blank look. They're like, well, we just don't talk about that. I'm like, okay. Uh, and so they, they left me alone at that, at that point, and I walked away. Uh, so you're right. I mean, it, it went much better than it probably could have. Uh, but then again, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't try to attack them for it uh, or anything like that. I was just uh, asking politely, yeah. I guess well, you would say. And again, you're right. It is about revenue collection. It's also about obedience uh, as well because – 
just putting a putting a uh, plate on the front of your car is just kind of a, a sign that they own you front and back, as far as I'm concerned. That's how right. I take it. Here in New Hampshire, they own your front, back, and window. Uh, you've got one plate on the front, one plate on the back, and an inspection sticker on the on the front window. So they just own you all over the place. Uh, but the, you know the whole idea behind the license plate that the the excuse they might use if you were to corner them with that question would be that well we need this for identification purposes somebody commits a crime and drives away then you know we've got it's their plate. It's funny on. that they need it in some states for identification purposes and not in others. Yeah, well I that's mean, just it. You'd think, many, that, you'd think that crime would be running rampant in Florida where they only have a back plate. <laughs> Well, and that's just it. I mean, if somebody's running away from the scene of the crime, you don't need the front license plate in that particular case. The front license plate doesn't do anything to, as far as I'm concerned, uh, catch any extra criminals. And the rear one doesn't get covered in snow uh, in Texas. That's a good point, too, yeah. Yeah, I love that about up here. From the authoritarian point of view, looking at it from the authoritarian point of view, I can understand the requirement for having it on a back plate because when you're running from the cops, that's the one they're going to be able to look at yeah. uh, most easily. But you're not going to be – if they're driving away from you, you can't see the front plate. So what does nope. it matter? That's how I feel about it. So that's why it's an obedience thing. But generally, the whole shebang is a revenue thing because it's that's big money for uh, for states. Every single person with a car paying on a yearly basis to to have the state's logo and the state's slogan and the state's numbers uh, on their car. It's it's a big uh, a big cash windfall for them, and that's what it's really all about. Because you know, in the absence of a government licensing system. You know, there may be a chance that insurance companies would require you have some sort of insurance tag, a visible insurance tag on your car in order to remain insured simply because they want to know if their customers are going to do hit and runs and things like that. Eric, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. At 800-259-9231, would it be exactly the same as uh, as it is today? Uh, maybe. I mean, the, the locations are already there on the cars. Uh, the insurance company may issue you a, a plate. And, of course, that would immediately identify you as an insured driver, obviously, and uh, and help identify people in, if that is necessary. And, of course, it would probably be included in the cost of uh, of your insurance. You know, it's, it's all revenue generation. I, I think about the inspection stickers, and, uh, you know, Florida got rid of the inspection stickers two, three decades ago. Oh, wow. I, I didn't know three, they had them. Yeah, three decades ago. I remember my mom's 71 Cutlass Supreme having one on it. It might not have been a Supreme. You know what's funny, too, is when you tell people up here, because people often ask me why I still have Florida plates, and I just say, it's a lot cheaper to live there to have a car in Florida. I'm 36 sorry. bucks a year to renew Ex- those Yeah, tags. and you don't have to do the inspections. And when they hear that you don't have to do inspections, they're like, what? what? That sounds dangerous. <laughs> right. Because they're... <laughs> well, you see, it's 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 really it's more Mickey Mouse uh, philosophy because what people here do inspections are more dangerous because really? if they, uh, absolutely listen listen for a second um, if you have a problem with your car some, in some place that doesn't have an inspection you'll go let's let's use Florida as an example you'll go to Flo- uh, in Florida you'll go to the shop you'll get the, the thing fixed whenever you go to the shop and get it fixed likely you'll do it as quickly as possible because you know that small problems turn into large problems when it comes to cars mm-hmm. however. Here, if you have an inspection next month and you have a small problem with your car, you know that you're going to get charged for a visit to the mechanic anyway, so you're going to wait a month or two or whatever in order to take your car in because you're going to have to pay when you go in for the inspection, so you don't want to have to pay twice. Wait, why would you have to pay twice? I'm confused. Stick with me, man. I'm trying here. Okay. (laughs) You got a problem with your car. Your inspection is two months, a month and a half away. All right? Yeah. All right. So you've got six weeks until your inspection, and there's a problem with your car. Got it. Are you going to 
take your car into the inspect and get it inspected and pay the money for the inspection or it, it, take your car in and get oh, it okay. fixed so, and then pay the money to get it fixed and then take it in in six weeks so in order to get it inspected. Oh, I see what you're saying. So you can't get the inspection renewed a month early? I don't believe you can. And if I don't believe you can, then lots of people don't believe you can. Yeah. I may mm. be wrong. But of course, if people you know, are wrong all the time because so, who knows what the law says. So you're saying you've got a problem with your car and you don't really know what it is. You'd have to get it checked out in order. You, it's like a problem that you're not sure what it is because if you what know what the problem saying, is, you can get it fixed. Well, what he's saying is that people are likely, and I'm sure this happens all the time, putting off, getting problems fixed, getting their cars checked out. If there's an inspection coming up, probably I'd say within the three-month mark. I can't yeah, believe that uh, Ian's not getting this. Oh, what I get it. costs more? Two visits to the mechanic right. shop. What you're or saying one. is the person didn't know what the problem was. Nobody knows what's wrong with their cars. Sometimes you do. They put gasoline in them, or they fill, and they make yeah, sure that the people air, who air know in what's wrong with their cars can fix their cars. Most <laughs> I know what's wrong with a car. I still don't fix it. I take it in to get it fixed, and I still would uh, have the same issue. Okay, well, I didn't know you had to get an inspection every time you want to get your car fixed. If you knew what the problem you was, you don't need an inspection. Fixed. What costs more, Ian? Two trips to the mechanic shop or one. If you go in for the inspection, you know you, there's something. They're going to inspect the car anyway, so yeah. then they fix it. It costs right. less that way, right. and people are going to do that. Yeah, I see where you're coming from on that. So toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. I love uh, – you pointed out the whole snowing thing. <laughs> it really shows here in New Hampshire how pointless – License plates uh, are, as far as identifying people is concerned, because when it snows here in New Hampshire, a lot of cars are left outside in the snow, and it just cakes over the license plates. Our we have a bike rack and it covers the license plate, and it's one. We don't have one on the front because it's Florida, and yeah. I cannot believe I haven't been pulled over yet nope, for that. Not once. Uh, and and during the winter time, people are driving all over the place, and you can't see anybody's license plates. It's amazing. And nobody's going on crime sprees during the middle of the winter. How about that? It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. You bring up anything. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Show is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, including our Facebook profile. You can go there and become a fan, and that'll do something special. Facebook, <laughs> I'm, still not, do it. I'm still not sure how to sell this thing here, <laughs> but uh, there are, I think, like a thousand people on our Facebook fan page. You become a fan of us on Facebook, and you'll be like those thousand people. That's that's right. Join the club. Jump on the bandwagon. Uh <laughs> Facebook.freetalklive.com will get you right to the page. That's Facebook.freetalklive.com. Let's go to your calls. Enemy of the State is on the line in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Enemy of the State. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your uh, mind tonight? Oh, following up, catching up on this whole auto licensing thing. Sure. I've always, you know, I've thought about this over time, and it seems like there's a a more fundamental answer to this whole automobile licensing. It, It seems to me that if you look at state control, one of the first things that the state loves to get control of is your right to travel unencumbered. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about 
I mean, how many crimes <laughs> are actually either committed with an automobile, other than, you know, I mean, obviously we're looking at their revenue collection for, for speeding or whatnot, but crimes against individuals committed with an automobile, and there's actually a, a, a cop there to, to somehow solve that crime based on that automobile having a license, license on it. Well, I don't know if that's uh, – I, I think you're I, – I... I think you're kind of creating a straw man there because, yes, most crimes like speeding tickets and all that other stuff um, are, are, you know, you, you wouldn't need to have uh, identification on the back of the card if it wasn't for the cops being around and just using uh, us as revenue generation. But if you look at real crimes, the fact is it makes some sense to have numbers on the back of the car so that people can identify. For one, it doesn't necessarily be, need to be cops. You know, a passerby can uh, say, yeah. "Hey, you know this the the guy who just ran over that, that 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 person there. Well, this is the number on the back of their car." And surprisingly, people do manage to get license plates numbers um, numbers a lot of times. And you know, there's enough crimes committed in with cars that that people want to have that kind of identification. Yeah, on there's the back. there's hit and runs and things like that, and you know, bank robberies or whatever. But and if, I can't if, for the life of me figure out how the free market would handle identification of vehicles in some kind of fashion where you're not looking at, well, two people having the same license plate number, you know, crossover, all this other stuff. Well, okay, hold on, Mark. Let me uh, expound a bit on that then. Let's talk about how it is that uh, people can get phone numbers without having the same phone number. I mean, the phone companies have an interest in working together to ensure that those things don't happen. So even though they're competing with one another, they also have interlocking agreements that allow them to travel on the, you know, allow a carrier, if you will. Without a phone number, you won't be able to make a telephone call. Without a number on the back of your car, will it run? Yeah. But what I'm saying to you, Mark, is that the, the companies that would be issuing the license plates, and I'm presuming they would be the insurance companies. I don't know exactly how the free marketplace would uh, organize this. So let's just go with the idea of the insurance model. Uh, The insurance companies would be issuing these plates. They would have an interest in working together to have a standard, sort of like how different industry groups have standards that they set for themselves. Uh, The USB protocol that you have on your computer there, the little handy little port that you can plug all kinds of different neat things into, that's a standard that was uh, generated by an industry group, and and that's how that works. Sure. Will my computer run without a USB port? Yeah, and my car will run without a light, uh, without a number on the back of it too. But in, you won't have in insurance the, if you don't put a number on the back of your car. What if I decide I want to take it off after I get the insurance? Well, then if you get found out about that, if then I'm going to rob a bank, insurance. I really don't care about the insurance. If you're going to rob a bank, you're going to take the damn plate off your car, Mark. Yeah, people don't do it. If you're a stupid bank robber, then yeah, you wouldn't do it. But without, if you know what the hell you're gonna, doing, who's going to pull me over without cops? I didn't say there wouldn't be cops, Mark. There might be some sort of private enforcers. We don't know how the marketplace would organize. Go ahead, enemy of the state. Your thoughts on all his uh, nonsense? His <laughs> travel? Well, why? I mean, if it, if it makes us safer, why not wear tags on our back that identify us so we can identify a person as he's running away from a crime? Good why question. Is, why is the automobile uh, such a sacred part of our safety? I, I, I think it's a ridiculous assumption that that we've we've lived with for so long that we've bought into the status lie that we need to have a, a 
plate on our car to somehow protect. How about how, to, how about a midpoint uh, between a plate on one's back and a, and a car? How about a bicycle? I mean, there are some places where they require bicycle registration and, and that sort of thing. Mark, do you support having license plates on the back of on the backs of bicycles? No, and I'll I'll, I'll uh, support that. Uh, you know, cars don't have to have license plates as soon as we come up with something significantly faster than cars in order to catch them. Okay, but if you are knock somebody over, or if you rob somebody and you're on a bicycle and they're on foot, then odds are you're not going to catch that guy in the bike. So true. catching someone is not the factor there. It's you know the identification thing. Shouldn't they be identified too? Well, it's not like they're encompassed by the bicycle. They are riding, you know, they're on top of it, so you can identify the person as opposed to in a vehicle with tinted windows. So if it's a convertible, encased in them. So then convertible shouldn't have to have license plates. If what if the top's, tops down? Up? If the top's down though. You're well, saying it's okay? Sure. The, the, if the top's down, then uh, you can drape something over the license But what if plate. you put a, a balaclava on or a ski mask or something like that while you you're on your You can still bicycle? contain someone inside the uh, convertible where they would be hidden from uh, normal view. But what if you're on a bicycle and a ba- have a balaclava on? You completely obscured yourself. What can I what tell you? What if you're you, wearing man? all black? I'm just saying, Mark. You want, a li- you want to license cars? Let's license bikes while we're at it. Let's control skateboards, too. Because, you know, but, uh, the skateboards have the same issues as bicycles. Any other thoughts, enemy of the state? Yeah, just basically it all comes down to it's something that people have accepted for so long and have and have lost the initial question, why? And I think it really has to do with, like I said, the government's the first thing they love to seize on is your right to travel unencumbered. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. How far should it go, Julia? Should we have uh, bicycle licensing? <laughs> no. I said the same. I don't think there should be licenses on bicycles. Because you believe that the person can be identified. Correct. Unless they're wearing a balaclava. They can walk without be, um, wearing a balaclava, too. What are, you, what are you saying there? Do we want to license shoes? I don't know, Mark. If you want to identify uh, people uh, for, in the Sometimes case that they might do something. it's cold. Somebody wearing a balaclava in the summer might be a suspect, <laughs> Ian. God, I mean, why do, why, why do you talk to me like I'm the unreasonable one? <laughs> well, you're talking about uh, license plates as though they're absolutely necessary. and They're it, pretty darn necessary, I man. I don't know about that. I, they, don't know. Didn't, I, I forget what the history of license plates is. I've heard it before on Free Talk Live. They're, not, they're pretty new, I mean, in the scheme of things, aren't they? Like 100 recall. years old or... Well, so are cars. We, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Wikipedia might have an thing. answer for you. I, I don't know, but you may be right. There, well, there's a story what I remember of... about it was that it was only in like one state, and I forget the reason why, but there was a really long time where all states did not have license plates, or at least sure. a while. If the market demands identification of vehicles, Mark, the market will come up with a way to give people the correct incentives that they need to put those uh, things on their car. And having... And you're right. A lot of people get involved in crimes. It's a heat of passion thing. They're not going to think to take the license plate off their car. So even in the marketplace, since most people will have the incentive to be insured, most people aren't going to have the uh, the, the mindset to remove the license plate from their car unless they're a real criminal who understands that uh, in order to achieve his goals with robbing a bank or whatever, it makes more sense to put a bunch of mud on or to take the plate off entirely or something or like that. Or switch it, switch plates. That That's always a good sense. one, too. Yeah, because, switch uh, plates. You know, it That'll ob- throw them off. Obviously, uh, you don't want to stand out if you're going to rob a bank. Um, so. Right. So, so today, license plates don't do anything to stop real criminals. The well, ones maybe who real criminals, but those, as in the pointed out situation, are really a minority. What you're looking at, what the concern is, is hit and run accidents. That happens 
a lot. And, and people catch them a lot with license plates numbers. And I'm now, saying I will they will have them. The police officers, uh, a lot of times, simply won't even use the license plate number that they have to go get the guy who committed the hit and run. But that's not the, the issue. The issue is identifying I'm vehicles. I'm telling you, there are going to be ways to identify vehicles. That's what the marketplace will be de- demanding. I demand it. Yep. Right. So I'm with you, Mark. I think that there should be identifications on cars. I'm with you there. And, and I believe while the, the government owns it. the road, the government should issue those identifications. No, I don't agree with that. I have my own private license plate, and one of these days I might just put it on my car. And then it, that's it's got a unique number. It's got my phone number on it. How is somebody going to ad- identify that if they don't know that phone it's a telephone number? number. It's, it's obviously a phone number. More Maybe. on the way. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're launching into the remaining moments of the show. Just enough time for your call if you make it right now to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And tonight it's Ian with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on this site we give away. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, we would invite you to shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. It is that simple. You know that you need to get your shopping done. And why bother spending the time going to the department stores and waiting in the lines and dealing with parking and the, all of that and the heat? Uh, you can just do it from the comfort of your own home or your office in front of your computer at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You can order used items to save yourself a few extra bucks. Brand new items, of course. Also, you can get free Super Saver shipping on a whole lot of their new items. Get user reviews to help you in the process of making a decision and help Free Talk Live by sending us the, by Amazon sending us a percentage when you enter their site through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. All right, Julia, you uh, have uh, at least a couple stories. We're not going to have time for both of them. Uh, one about drugs, one about sex. Which one are we doing? Drugs. All right, let's do it. All right. Saturnino uh, Sat- <laughs> Allende. <laughs> well, that's a way to start, a, start out an article, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, I went to government school. I don't, I'm not good at pronouncing <laughs> names that aren't in English. Um, I'm sad to say. I don't know if private schools would do a great job at teaching people how to Yeah, I went to private school uh, part of the time, and I couldn't tell you what what you (laughs) did. All right. Well, anyway, this dude here crouches beside a mountain path and gently puts his fingers around the stem of a plant with rough, tough-shaped leaves. This is it, he says, about the powerful hallucination salvia, known as magic mint. In just a few years, it has emerged from Mexico's Indian villages to one of the hottest drugs in the USA and a crucial cash crop for poor farmers here. The good times may be coming to an end. Now, that's not true. What? Good times in that they... Well, he's saying that the good times may be coming to an end. Right. Well, it may be made illegal. People will not stop using this drug. In oh, fact, yeah. I would venture to guess that more people will use this drug once it is made illegal. Yeah, you betcha. Um, as 11th, But the good times of the legality, I think, right. is maybe the illegality is basically advertisement for the drug, right. even though, you know, the, for, for the drug dealers. As 11 states have rushed to pass laws that restrict the use of salvia, and the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration is studying whether or not it should be banned nationwide. There was no legitimate purpose for that herb, and the things it was being used for were potentially harmful. Okay, now. Who said that? Some DEA uh, jackball? Yeah, some, oh, a state representative who oh, wrote yes. a law in Ohio. Great. We thought it would be better to deter this as sooner than later. <laughs> well, 
jerk. If you wanted to deter it, you probably shouldn't have made it illegal and drawn attention to it. There's no, what was it? There was no legitimate purpose is what he's saying? So basically what he's saying is as he drinks alcohol every single night, probably, that his drug is legitimate, but yours is not. I don't even know what it means to say that there is no legitimate purpose. Uh, I guess what he's suggesting there is he doesn't believe that there is any way salvia can be used for medicinal reasons or something like that or in some sort of industrial um, manner. Not that he would know anything about it because he's a representative, uh, so-called, and these people are experts in, you know, unless they have a real business and are actually doing something in the marketplace, they're experts in how to be a politician uh, pretty much and not really knowledgeable about plants. Uh, So I'm sure there are some industrial uses for salvia. I don't know what they are. But to me... I think that I think that altering one state is a legitimate purpose, well, and that's, that's really the the crux of a lot of the drug war is that some people believe that it's all right, as you said, Julia, to alter their states in certain ways, but in other ways that might be in just powerful, but in a different way because alcohol is a very powerful drug, extremely powerful. In fact, I, I'd say alcohol is one of if taken in large enough doses, and many people do on many occasions. It You'll is die. one of the most yeah, it is one of the most powerful drugs out there. I, yeah, I don't think that you could take that much salvia to the point where you I, I've never heard of an overdose on salvia you besides just You couldn't smoke that much cuz no. you can't move after you smoke two like hits. two hits. Yeah. So you can you yeah. yeah, there'd be no way you could pick up the bong and hit it again. It just wouldn't work that way. It's true. You know, um and if you look at harm harm uh on you know, genuine harm you'll find that alcohol is a you know is really the most harmful of drugs out there and it's the one that's legal what you what people what you always hear about and with drug legalization is the harm that will result if we you know legalize these drugs well the fact is and at least the studies kind of show that basically the same percentage of people that were addicted to drugs before they made them illegal in the early 1900s are the amount that I are actually, addicted now I <clears> actually <throat> That one of the the statistic you're talking about when we went to the Liberty Forum two years ago, I saw Jack Cole speak. from Leap. Yep, Law and, Enforcement Against Prohibition. And what he pointed out was that in 1900, when all these drugs were legal and there was no drug war, three percent of the population was addicted to drugs. And in 1960, when some drugs were starting to become illegal and they started cracking down, three percent of the population was addicted to drugs. And today, well, how much? How much? How many? What's the percentage? Still three. Hasn't changed at all. People want to do drugs. People will do drugs. Even in a prison. A certain percentage of that will be addicted. I think you can drive people in different directions, to, um, you know, as, as far as addictions go. Like, for instance, maybe there's fewer people addicted to illegal drugs and more of them addicted to prescription drugs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those, those kind of things. But prescription drugs are illegal they if are they're illegal, used but, in that way. Sure. But people don't look at them quite the same way and, uh, you know... It, well, if they're legal, they must be good. Right. Well, no. uh, that's what's funny. I w- remember once a while ago, I, I got arrested for possession of marijuana. I was required by the courts to take this this marijuana class, and it was a joke, of course. Everyone in there was just like, <laughs> Let's but, go get high. Yeah, pretty much. Actually, they did give us specific instructions. They threatened us and said if we got high on our lunch break that we would get in trouble. And I think every single person in that class got high, including me, the on their lunch bl- break. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there was a man in there who was like 40 years old or something, and he was a construction worker, and he hurt his back really bad. And he said that he started smoking. He said he smoked marijuana when he was younger, but he had stopped. He had a family, and they had him on Oxycontins. And he said that he could not take care of his children. So he started smoking marijuana instead and unfortunately Mm. he got arrested with it he got like 
he fell off his bike or something and yeah. a cop cop pulled him over. But it's a real shame because when you think well, now about... now you can't take care of your child, children because you're in jail. Right. Yeah. It, it's just, it is a shame. It's a real shame. But let's talk a little bit about Salvia here because that is the drug that they're talking about. There are a number of states that have banned it and that's what this story is about. Is it about the states that are doing it or is it national that um, they're It's saying about? that the DEA is looking at pay, passing a nationwide ban. Well, I don't know if the DEA can do that, but I'm sure they can encourage the uh, I'm sure uh, the they have some US say House in the matter to uh to to move forward on that, which of course would be absolutely awful. And you're right, Julia, it would just drive it underground. The selfie is not going to go away. It'll be uh taken up by the black marketeers and it'll become more expensive than it currently is, and it's it's not the cheapest thing right now. Um but let's talk a little bit about the drug itself. It's not as benign as an experience as a marijuana high, that right. is for sure. People that are looking at uh, doing salvia, really, and any drug, uh, need to do their due diligence, and they need to go. We've got the internet. Use it. Uh, go to arrowid.org, E-R-O-W-I-D, arrowid.org. You'll find all of the drugs you can possibly think of there. And you can click on them, and there's frequently asked questions, and there's what they call trip reports or experiences where you can find people that have had just the worst experience ever, and you can find people that have had the most glowing experience ever. Salvia is a uh, hallucinogenic, it's a psychedelic, uh, as I understand it, and it's very powerful. Um, now, there's also different levels of it. So you can just get the plain old dried salvia leaf, the, Which doesn't do anything. Right. Well, the uh, the Indians that used to uh, do salvia, I, I think that they used to chew on uh, the leaves. Uh, I don't know if they would smoke them. I'm not sure exactly what they would do, but uh, that's the most benign way to take it. Then, they're, then they have these extracts where they basically extract the salvinorin A from the leaves, and then they co- concentrate it, and they put that concentrate on the leaf, and they kind of create this 5X, 10X, the power, that's kind of like the power rating, if you will, uh, 5, 10, 15, 20. Some have said there's even 40X out there, and I've heard there's even higher than that. But I've, I, I myself have tried 5 and 10 and 12X, and at the 5X level, uh, pretty much all I got was... Uh, a giggly experience. Right. I have never gotten anything except for the giggles from smoking all three of them, with, unless I was already on another hallucinogenic drug, in but which case it was just intensified. There are some people... Boy, who, I have no use for this kind of dissociative <laughs> high that comes with this stuff. Go there, ahead. Have you tried it, Mark? No. There are some people who have had experiences that are very mind-bending, universe-warping kind of experiences right, where, I don't want that at all. like, the couch sucks you into it, or you go into some sort of tunnel and you meet with a salvia goddess and she talks to you, and, you know, there's all kinds of experiences out there. I think Dale has actually seen the salvia goddess. Did you, pee, sure. did you pee yourself when you did this? No, I didn't go that far. Uh, when it, when uh, I did have an experience that was very uh, moving and very amazing. So your bowels moved? Not in that way, no. <laughs> you know what I mean, Mark very touching uh but we're out of time so be careful do your due diligence read up on this stuff before you try it and make sure you know what you're doing thanks julia for coming in mark we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime ron paul on tomorrow night's show 8 30 is when he's going to be on right mark yep 8 30 eastern, eastern time tomorrow night so if you're on the lines we might be able to get you in for a question see you then podcasters i um i don't want to overstate this and i and i don't want to understate it either I had a conversation with Jason Osborne, and uh, of course, you know, his his sponsorship of Free Talk Live is, uh, it's like any other advertising. He'd like to see some results, and probably SACL CAI doesn't see results too well because, well, it's a collections company. What are they going to get out of a, a podcast like this? Yeah, it's not exactly a business 
show. Yeah, they're they're not selling uh, debt relief, and they're not selling. <laughs> as a matter of fact, they're selling the opposite of debt relief, <laughs> and uh, they're they're not selling you know penis growth pills or or whatever that uh, so is so common on radio. But right now, Jason Osborne is sort of using as a test, perhaps, or maybe he just wants a, a whole bunch of people to sign up for uh, thinktwicenews.com, but. He wants a whole bunch of people to sign up as uh, subscribers for thinktwicenews.com. It doesn't cost you anything. It's just a... Uh, it's a YouTube subscription. It's a YouTube subscription. Which so, is easy to do. You, yes. They've got Please. a button on their page, right? Uh, yeah, right. it's right there on the page at thinktwicenews.com. I would encourage you, if you consider Free Talk Live to be a valuable service, to uh, go and do this. Um, I, if you if you appreciate uh, Jason Osborne and everything that he's done for this program, uh, he has been the primary sponsor of Free Talk Live for a long time. We're yeah, talking years here. A couple of years now. And so uh, Jason Osborne, and not only is he a sponsor of Free Talk Live, we should also mention he's out there sponsoring other shows. He's uh, behind Gardner. I believe he's still uh, sponsoring Gardner's show. Yep. And, uh, ThinkTwiceNews.com. And uh, he's a producer of Think Twice News. Yep. Uh, so Barry, Barry Cooper's uh, Never Get Rated. That's right. He was behind that as producer as well. So ba- Jason Osborne is somebody who takes his money and he puts it where his mouth is. He really does love liberty and he's willing to put, I mean, we're talking thousands of dollars a month into all these, the, to, the totality of everything yep. he does. Uh, he takes most of his paycheck, basically, and puts it into to liberty activism. And so Think Twice News is his newest thing and would love to have you go over there and click the subscribe button. Yeah, in a couple of years, perhaps Free Talk Live will be able to uh, fly on its own, but uh, we still need the, uh, the, the, the motherly wings of SACL CAI right now, and I would encourage you to go over to thinktwicenews.com and subscribe today, please. But besides that, it's great product. I mean, yeah. It, oh, yeah. I, I, I don't want to diminish the product at all. Uh, John uh, doing his... Uh, little, John Shaw from John the Shaw BBS. Is, uh, you know, does, uses as the, uh, the announcer a, a puppet who's from outer space, and uh, it's just, it's really great. He's a, he's a great puppeteer, and, and I enjoy watching it. Yep, uh, and the Porkfest videos are just now starting to hit over at ThinkTwiceNews.com. Yeah, there's several, uh, including a Gardner Goldsmith interview. Is going the Fed up. one's going to come out at some point. Yeah, so there's there's I a hope. lot of content being released this week, and you'll be on the receiving end of it, and I would encourage you to subscribe. Yep, ThinkTwiceNews.com. Thank you. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.